Welcome to Myth and Zories. This episode is about part two of Eris Morn. All right. So to give a quick recap for our uh, previous episode, um, we were talking about Eris Morn, particularly kind of some of the fragments we have of her pre-Guardian life uh, yes. into her early Guardian life during the Ahamkara hunts. Uh, Which, so here's a, a funny stuff. thing. Well, here's a, here's a funny thing that I was thinking about last time too, and I I don't know if I if I asked it last time. Mm-hmm. Do we know when she became a guardian? I don't know that we know exactly when. Um, you know what I mean? Because it it if we have two different, because that was part of what we covered last week too. Is she? There's two different um, variants of her origin, like where yeah, the two hell different she came tellings. From. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of them has video and record and audio and photographic evidence of the truth of yes. an entity called Eris Morn was born in the city, in or not not necessarily in the city, but in a guardian uh, mortal cohabitation area. So maybe not even named Eris Morn at the time, because you know, right? She she would have taken a different name as a guardian. Um, let me let me bring those notes up here. Um, and the other the other version being some telling from old Russia, but that was all in a a a, a swimmer that died from a from from trying to swim from one place to another Saint Petersburg um, across the frozen Stockholm. Arctic. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, but that so, one was in the Truth to Power, so that's yes. where since we we don't Truth to Power is a very mysterious book, so we don't really have a lot of mysterious faith is in one it. word for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah so, so that's that's the origin that's in question. So I pulled up my notes from the uh previous episode and uh it says that there is civilian family albums, historical archives and ghost recordings originally captured in the Lost City that show Eris as a child of the last city. Uh, born to civilian parents in a mortal guardian integrated neighborhood. So she was so it is a in the kid last city. Okay. in the last city. There are ghosts that existed at her at the time of her birth that saw her and remember her and still have Which video means that that's, evidence that's of post collapse that she was born in. Yes, yeah. I mean, the and last the city did not exist them... until well past the collapse. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at too. Like. Zavala, there's images of Zavala helping build the last city. Yeah. In in certain in in like I know I remember there's a cutscene. Uh, there's a series of cutscenes that involve Zavala, and it shows him being risen, and then it shows him mm-hmm. eating shacks uh, in a in a in a camp, and then it then it kind of zooms further and shows that you know we're not gonna we're not gonna follow the 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 warlords of of the risen. We're gonna we're gonna stand for humanity. You know we're gonna we're gonna build this last city, and so like. The fact that she is, bo- the the recordings are shown as her being born in the last city means that she is a very recent guardian. Um, I mean, at least as recent as the the last city's creation. So, by all accounts, most of the vanguard, uh, as we know them, um, Shaxx. Uh, I guess Shaxx isn't part of the vanguard, but Zavala and Shaxx. And Saladin and the Drifter and all of all of those people would far predate her as far as yep. when they were resurrected as a guardian. 
Yep. So um, we get a, a, as we said, kind of two recordings of her her pre guardian life. One that seems much more substantial. Uh, the other, which is uh, from a very unreliable narrator in the Truth to Power book. Um, we then see kind of her first, uh, or or the first adventures as a guardian that we are introduced to as the player, and that is during the uh, the Great Hunt, which was the essentially the guardians. Uh, hunting the Ahamkara to extinction on Venus. Um, and all of that lore is present on the hunter gear from the Last Wish raid. Um, the, the hunter armor from the Last Wish raid. I'm curious if there's something about Venus itself that drew the Ahamkara there as like a homeworld. I, I, I don't That's have any, question. any type of like... I mean, obviously, this is not an Ahamkari episode, but it, the fact that they were all, that they are all there, it, it, it's that's it, we may do a we yeah. may do an Ahamkari episode. I, I think Ahamkari are, are absolutely worth an episode. Uh, or four. Or four. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how deep that rabbit hole. Join goes. us next time on our sixteen-part episode of <laughs> What Is an Ahamkara and Why Are They So Dangerous? I feel no. like we, throughout our other um, subjects, we've we've touched on a lot of what our theories are of Ahamkara and where they show up. Oh, in absolutely the, in the lore, but we've never put it all together in one spot. So that, that absolutely would, that would be good to do at some point, but. Um, so Eris was at the Great Hunt, was one of the major contributors uh, from the sounds of it, based on these lore cards in the Great Hunt. Um, and uh, she had interactions with uh, Ikora, as well as um, Shax and Zavala, uh, and what was maybe the most, uh, the the... I don't know if unfortunate is the correct term, but the most faded interaction she had was with a guardian by the name of Wei Ning. Uh, yep. Because Wei Ning then went on to fight in uh, what is now termed the Great Disaster, which was the, the guardians um, essentially laying siege to the hive on the moon, uh, the hive under the direction of Crota at the time. Um, Wei Ning died as many others did in that uh in that battle which spurred her uh her partner uh it heavily implied lover but never explicitly said um Ariana 3 to try to seek vengeance Ariana forms a fire team of like-minded guardians that all want to go to the moon and kill Crota uh, for reasons of their own, um, except for Tolan. Tolan just wants to go to the moon to kill everyone <laughs> else, apparently. Uh, why, did, why did Hive stuff happen? Because fucking Tolan. Because fucking Tolan. Um, <laughs> so, Eris is one of the members of that fire team, and... Uh, ends up being the only member of the fire team that makes it out alive, but she does so um, very changed from when she went into it. Uh, she no longer has her ghost. She has replaced her eyes with the eyes of an acolyte. Uh, she was guided 
out of these catacombs under the moon after being there for uh, years um, by many cycles. The yeah, many cycles as as it's stated in the lore. Uh, but she's guided out by the whispers of an Ahamkara bone, which is uh, which presumably she she had kept from her times at the hunt. Uh, and that Ahamkara bone is that little uh, green stone that you see her carry around everywhere. Uh, Get your rock off my, my map. Oh, Cade. I miss you, Cade. Uh, we we had discussed this before. I, I but... always I always wanted to see like like some sort of I, I I don't know if there's a true like like love connection there, but I I feel like there was something there between Eris and and Cade. Eh, I don't definitely know if, a kinship. I don't know if I read into it as far as like a romance. I think uh, maybe sibling like a, a sure sibling okay. connection more than anything. Like yeah, he's the annoying well, little brother she was a hunter. kind of thing. So I mean, uh, like, they were both hunters. All the, so this is true. All yeah. the hunters, you know, kind of look out for each other. That it's yeah. And say when you're, you know, out in the field, you can only rely on the other members of your, of your hunter squad if if you're scouting. Yeah. Um. So I think there is certainly some level of of kinship there. Uh, I don't think it went, you know, beyond anything that we we saw in game. Darn. I hope I thought we were gonna have a special Valentine's Day romance between. <laughs> Now, sorry to, to bust undead, that uh, that fanfic. Two, but. two undead members, one fully darkness. Now, eh, maybe not fully darkness. Does she yeah. still use the light? Have we seen Eris use the light since she has no ghost. ghost? She has no that's, ghost. She I has mean, no that's way to channel it. The question, right? Like, like that's that's it though. That's the answer. Like, she has no way to channel it. Right. Um. Ghosts are the, the conduit to light. Uh, yeah, she can use stasis. I, technically, we could use stasis without our ghost. Our ghost was this encased in stasis, cut off from us, presumably, yep. um, during the, the Beyond Light campaign when we, yep. um, we utilized it against Aramis. So, that's, a, that's a good cutscene, too. That was... That was a fun one. When she starts, she starts, she takes your, your darkness shard and shatters it. Where's your darkness now? <laughs> and then starts encasing you in ice. And then it's like, in the back of your mind, it's Elsie. It's and she's just like, feel the darkness within you. Channel it. And you're just like, and Aramis is like, interesting. Come at me, bro. It is, it is a very Star Wars moment in all of the good and bad ways that that can be taken. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of campy and it's it, super cheesy. Like it's super <laughs> super cheesy. But it works out to be okay. It does. Um So Eris, so where where do we so, end uh, last episode at? So we ended uh with Eris had just crawled out of these catacombs and had made a connection with the guardian, our player. Um, had convinced them to essentially do what the Vanguard would not, uh, which was the uh, dismantling of Crota's uh, hierarchy and 
by nature of of doing that also dismantling his uh his lines of tribute um to force him to be starving to death and then to go kill him uh which we succeeded in doing and yeah yes that's pretty much where we where we ended last time the the end of the dark blow campaign yep. with the Crota raid. Yep. Um. So now see. now we get to the part of destiny that I'm at. I I this the the next part that Ares takes place in is is quite possibly my favorite time in Destiny. Um, mainly because this is where I started playing Destiny. Um, That's with the Taken reason. King. So that's it's. This is where I'm. I'm heavily invested here. Yes. So now we enter the time period of the Taken King, and I, I should say we're gonna we're gonna talk just a little bit about events that happened immediately before the Taken King. Um, okay. So specifically, uh, there is a lore card that came out um, prior to the Taken King, or or it's uh, the time period the lore card was written in was prior to the oryx uh, arriving in the solar system and it seems to imply that with crota dead eris is now actively turning her attention to other hive gods uh namely that she knows oryx is coming and she uh wants to to be ready she wants to do something about it and so she sure. has a meeting with Mara Sov, who we've already established she had a good relationship with all the way back during the Ahamkara hunts. Yep. And Osiris. Uh, and she has a meeting of these, these two, um, essentially to, to let them know what is coming and that they need to prepare. Uh, and the lore card for this is a ghost fragment by the name of the Queen 2. Uh, the number 2. And it reads as such. You don't have one. The hunter came to a halt in front of the throne, raised her covered face to meet the prince's gaze. No, she agreed. My next death will be my last. I know the feeling, the prince said dryly. The queen kept her expression carefully distant. She sat reclined in her throne legs crossed, surveying the two figures at the base of the steps. Beside her, where the wolves' guard used to stand, Tekians Shuro and Sedia hovered instead, their jewel-like augments gently humming. To her right, and just before, stood the prince, facing forward, but his body half-turned back toward her. Your grace, said the man before her, at the foot of the stairs. His voice was soft, but strong. When he spoke, the hunter started to turn her head toward him, then flinched, as if someone had shone a bright light into her eyes. Thank you for your gracious welcome, he said. The queen inclined her head slightly. Before we begin, spoke the hunter, I will say this. She paused her head tilted up to the throne. The queen waved her hand in assent. 
The hunter's pale lips tightened slightly, then resumed their usual stony mien. Your grace, she said. Shuro and Sedia shifted, a sudden rustling and whispering. The queen raised one finger to silence them. Aldrin's eyes narrowed, but he said nothing. I am not here for you. The queen stared at the hunter, her expression seditiously unchanged. I have no wish to play politics. I have no grievance with the city. Not anymore. I have no grand hopes to end the war, for long have I known I will not see its end. I am here for one battle, and one alone, because it is a battle we must all fight, together or separately. So I will warn the defenders, together or separately. I will do anything, her voice low shook with passion, to end Oryx. A silence rang out in the room. The hunter kept her head raised, her ambitious gaze directed at the shadows in the throne where the queen reclined. Then a small smile curved the queen's lips. Well said. She straightened and leaned slightly forward so the room's light fell on her face. So let us end him. Ooh. So we've got a, <laughs> we've got a a pretty uh, telling interaction here between uh, who is clearly the queen and Eris. Now, everything I can see suggests that uh, the the third party here is likely Osiris. Um, he, you know, being uh, male first off. Um, and then Eris not being able to look at him because he's shown so bright. Yeah. Uh, we, the only guardian that comes to mind that would be a, a big part of the lore uh, up till this point that is always associated with like bright solar light. Uh, and especially if this is an echo or excuse me, not an echo, but a uh, reflection of Osiris Ooh. and not Osiris himself, that would also, you know, is literally a figure made of light. Um, yeah, I could, I could definitely see that being the, 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 the canon Osiris that's there is one of his reflections. Because if you think about it, like Osiris got kicked out of the last city long before. Oh yeah, any of this. Like Osiris, Osiris has been out on his own. Uh, since before even D one, since before the events of, mm -hmm. of D one, um, and so I... if 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 she has any type of connection with him, like it would be through a reflection. I don't think that he would he would actively leave because he's he's been in the the Infinite Forest the entire time, right? Like ever since he got kicked out, he went straight to Mercury and was like, "I'm going to explore the Infinite Forest." I think that's the assumption. At least, okay. Because um, I know I there's a there's a little bit of fuckiness there with the with the uh, um, lore because they had that one comic book that came out that kind of contradicted a little bit what was going on during yeah. uh, Curse of Osiris, and of course, then that was Curse of Osiris was was kind of that that iffy point in Destiny Two. I'll, I'll call it a low point. It, it was a low point even, for even, sure. Yeah, I was going to say even Bungie has admitted as much. Like, hey. We we were we were still trying to get this thing up and running and and going. Um, so yeah, so I, like 
I know there's a lot of iffiness around there. Um, so we can't say definitively one way or another. But I do like I do think the idea of him go him getting kicked out of the city, and and just going to the to the find, finding the infinite forest, and you know trying to make his sundial, all of that stuff, is is all what happened there. Yeah, and um, a, a few things I think a few additional things we can kind of glean from this interaction. Um, again just really reinforces that Eris and the queen have a lot of respect towards each other. We don't exactly know how their their relationship started or when they first met each other um, yeah. or what, but f- for whatever reason, they both seem to hold each other in a very high regard. Uh, and in the, in the Maracena, um, I'm paraphrasing because this is off memory, but uh, I remember Mara saying something to the effect to Sheer that uh you know like that hunter is the only one that knows the full plan or is one of the only people that knows the full plan because even if i didn't tell her she'd figure it out anyway uh which yep. seems to be a pretty clear um indication that, that she's talking about eris uh so yep. she trusted eris enough to make her privy to uh you know her her plans uh, with Oryx and, uh, you know, the, the intention to die and to invade his invade, invade the ascendant plane and, and all of that, which, uh, she did not tell most, if anyone else, the full story, as far as we understand it. Right. So, uh, so this little interaction happens, um, this would have been, uh, after the house of wolves, DLC because they talk about the uh the wolves no longer being there and instead it's Techians that are standing guard over uh over Mara's throne. Um so our our next introduction to these events is, is the Taking King campaign. Um which starts with a incredible space battle. <laughs> Uh, oh my god it, it is that that whole cutscene is wonderful and far too short in my opinion i could have well, like could we have could not do enough justice here on this little podcast to that thing if if y'all get a chance google it just taking king cutscene first first cutscene taking king like that's mm-hmm. any combination of that will bring it up um it is a fantastic cutscene um there's so much emotion in it. There's so much that happens in it, and and I I want to say Eris is talking in the back, like she's narrating in the background, isn't she? Or is that or is that Queen Mara that's narrating in the background? Um, I don't believe there's any narration to the battle between the Awoken and Oryx. Right, uh, but there's a there's a there's almost like a letter being read to the Guardian, is what it seems like during that. And I think I think it's Mara talking the entire time. It could be. It it has been a minute since I've watched it, so I I may I may be not remembering all the details. What I do remember for sure, though, uh, is it it showed off to us, uh, the the Awoken fleet, um, and all of their cruisers, and you know all of their their space, uh, spacefaring warfare, uh, warships and Mara's um, Mara's main ship. Was a uh, it's a catch, isn't it? 
I believe so. Yeah, I think I think it was. I, I, I think I remember it being a, a stolen catch from, uh, or maybe not a stolen catch, maybe a, a from one of the houses that that what I can't remember the house that she stopped on the reef. Wolves on house the way to the house of wolves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it probably um, is, it probably is one of theirs. It probably is. Uh, but so she she comes in hair, you know, flanked by all of these these many starships. Uh, and Oryx's dreadnought is floating at this point, uh, kind of within the rings of Saturn or, or next to the rings of Saturn. Uh, and you see this awoken fleet come down and they're, they're just peppering this dread, the dreadnought ship with everything they've got. And, uh, from Oryx, and then it, we we see Oryx's point of view, and this is the first time that we have are introduced to Oryx in game. Um, obviously there were trailers and and marketing material before this, but this is his first appearance in game, and his first act is to essentially just shrug all that off and smile and be like, "Oh, this is cute," uh, and then he places his sword into a an altar on his on the dreadnought and uh is described as he pushes his throne world out into reality and the act of doing so is essentially him pushing his will onto onto the reality that it touches uh, they talk about this a little bit in the Witch Queen trailers as well, where Savathun and, and the Bungie devs refer to um, Savathun's throne world as, you know, essentially it is the same as her mind. Yep. Same thing with Oryx. His throne is, the, is, is his reality, uh, reflects his mind, his personality. And we've, and, we've talked about that too in the, in the yeah. Books of Sorrow episodes that we did. Um, the throne world is very much like they, they are gods there. It everything about yes. it is, it, 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 they they it. I I almost describe it as like a like they think it and it exists there, but it's 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 even more intimate than that. It's it's like they don't even have to think it. Like it it just everything about that space is is the equivalency of the inside of their mind, and so any type of their deepest darkest desires, any type of Anything that that they think up, anything that they even have an inkling to, can manif- manifest in that throne world. And since Oryx has his throne world directly attached to the dreadnought, because that's we we talked about that too. That's where he put his throne world was in the dreadnought, which is the 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 dreadnought being the the at least a section of spine. I don't know if it's the entire worm, but um, yeah. a section of um, Akka, right? Yes, Akka. Yep. Um, and if I recall correctly, in the Books of Sorrow, they describe him merging his throne with the Dreadnought as him turning his throne world inside out or something along yep. those lines. Um, so it, it, it is essentially that. the same place. Like the, the Dreadnought yeah. is his throne. His throne is the Dreadnought. Um, yep. And they're, they're and that's, that's how he's able to. That's tied. how he's able to. Yep. And that's how he's able to uh, to push that throne world out. And and in game we see this as this like this huge shock pulse wave thing that like mm-hmm. creates a, a a giant hole in the in the 
Rings of Saturn, uh, which if if you play D2 at kind of the beginning or, or when Titan was around, you could actually look up at the skybox and you could look at the Rings of Saturn and you could see a little hole with a dot in it. And that was the Dreadnought. So that's canonically, that is still there. Like it's the Dreadnought yep. is still just chilling there in Saturn's Absolutely. rings with a, with a space around it. And and by proxy, not, not by proxy, I guess uh, another effect of this throne world being pushed out is it devastated the Awoken fleet. Like it destroyed thousands of ships. I would say and, like and awoken lives with it. Probably ninety nine percent or or yeah, very close to that. Uh, of the reef reefborn awoken. Of the reefborn awoken were completely eradicated. Um, yeah, certainly all of their. Aldrin was there. Force. He got. Yep, we talked about when Aldrin was there during our episodes that we covered his his life. Yeah, uh, he got he basically floated off and crash landed on Mars. So, I mean, you, 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 I, I know, like, we always try to describe stuff in, in, in here, and we always talk about how, like, the human mind has a hard time accepting sizes of things and, and big numbers. Like, anything past, like, a four-digit number, the human mind truly can't comprehend. And so, when we think about falling from the rings of Saturn to Mars, that distance is huge like insanely huge like i i i don't even i'd have to google the distance myself he but was, he was floating for a little while and and i guess it's worth mentioning i don't necessarily think he was just adrift and went all the way from saturn to mars uh i think it's it was either a the the shockwave was so powerful it gave him enough velocity that he got there right. in you know enough time to not be an old man, uh, yeah. <laughs> or you know his his ship he had some he had at least some sort had of had some kind of propulsion yeah yep. like there was enough to get there and that happened somehow to be because even during that space. even during that scene that even during that scene that that's there he is he is. I mean, he's pushing, he's pushing his ship to the limit. Like he, he's screaming like, ah, like trying to get the hell away from the shockwave, um, mm-hmm. uh, as hard and as fast as he can. Um, so yeah, but yeah. So Eris, Eris doesn't really play a part in this scene at all, but she obviously played a part in telling this is coming. This, yeah. this thing is coming for us. This event happens, decimates the reborn awoken, uh, fleet and people for that matter. Um, kills Mara, um, which you know we discussed that as well. Uh, she did that intentionally so she could slip past him into into his throne world and be there and wait for the guardians on the other side to kill Oryx, so she could yep. remanifest. Which we'll go over in our revisiting of the Mara Senna at some point in the future soon. Tiana. Hashtag new episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it's important that, uh, to link this to Eris and in that Eris knew Oryx was coming. She warned Mara and presumably Osiris, who I guess didn't care. <laughs> um, because he never showed like, that up. That literally is what it sounded like. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the fact that Osiris is, is the whole reason why he left is he was shunned. Like he, he, right. that was, that was the big thing of him leaving the city in the first place. Like. That's that's why they have like the following of like the 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 following of Osiris. Like they have people like Brother Vance and stuff like that. He was literally a cult of personality, and 
it, it for the for the vanguard of the time, which was what him, uh, the speaker, and um, was oh, it God. Saint? Was Saint? Saint on the vanguard? I think was was the other vanguard, and um, uh, who was Cade's predecessor? Oh, um, and Andrew Brask, something like that. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. I keep wanting to say Randall Brask, but that's not. <laughs> Maybe it was it's not Andal. Randall the Vandal. It was Andal Brask. But I think yeah. so. Uh, but yeah, so those those were like the key vanguard, and I put that in quotations because I don't I don't really think they were called the vanguard at the time. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, yeah. So like for Osiris to have some of these visions that he was having, and to say, hey, like there's bigger threats out there than what he, we're even seeing, and then people following him rather than following the speaker in the vanguard as a whole, and and and. They all, all the vanguard of that time saw the speaker as very much like a fatherly figure. I think even even Saint refers to him as father. Yes, uh, in some of their interactions, even in game. So, now, um, some of his idol, uh, his idol dialogue. If you just stand around him in the hangar, he refers to the speaker as father. That's cool. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So there's there's very much a a, a family type. Uh. uh relationship going on there with the vanguard of the time and then for osiris for people to just start following a single person and be like well he's he look he can predict the future da 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 blah 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 like that's kind of like heresy type thing like that's 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 because we we talked about the the vanguard itself too being kind of like a religious type of 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 following of the light Mm -hmm. uh and and for a single figure to come forward and an entire group of people start following and listening to what this one figure is saying is very heretic like very very sacrilegy it, um, it would be the to try to draw a modern equivalent here um if we equate the speaker to the pope uh yeah. and and he is the religious figurehead for those that follow the light which is pretty much everyone in the city whether they're a guardian or a human they're they're believing the light is going to protect them uh, if we take that that kind of scenario and then imagine one of the cardinals uh not necessarily claiming that they are all knowing cuz he never did he just right. found evidence to suggest that the vex were going to become a major problem and that they needed to be dealt with and when uh you know he wasn't listened to he published his proof that that was the case um and it was those publishings that circulated through the the city amongst the guardians and and humanity and his following kind of formed of that so it it would it would be as if a a cardinal published a pamphlet of sorts that um contradicted or uh provided proof for against something that the the pope had said was not was not something to be concerned with uh and you can only imagine the kind of divide that that would have amongst people that's essentially what absolutely they saw in in the last city during the time that all of that was was going down yep um which still has nothing to do with theirs we're getting really good about nothing to do with theirs. <laughs> <laughs> we started with theirs and we've gone completely off the rails but that's what we do here um well so, yeah, what, so that so what I will no, go say, ahead. Go ahead. Um, it, you know, I, one interpretation, like I said before, is that Eris warned Osiris as well as Mara, and Osiris just didn't care because he never showed up during the campaign. Yep. Um, the yep. other interpretation, I suppose, 
is that Osiris did care and he was running simulation after simulation after simulation in the infinite forest of this event to try and help come up with this grandmaster plan. Uh, and that, that is something we know Mara has her own, you know, her, her own uh, goals that she is trying to accomplish as well. Uh, but I don't think maybe maybe this is is giving her not enough credit but i think mara may have known what she wanted out of oryx but she didn't know how to access the ascendant plane to enact those wants until she met eris who knew i think you're right how all the hive inner work you know how the hive rituals worked and the ascendant realms worked and the throne worlds worked and then if we want to loop Osiris into this, we can say with that knowledge, Osiris then went through all the simulations, you know, did, did the Doctor Strange thing at the end of uh, Endgame, uh, or excuse me, Infinity War, and found the one most optimal path for success. And that's okay, so here's, what they carried out. Here's, here's an even better idea. I'm going to take your idea and bring it to the next level. All right. Osiris goes back to the, or you know, he he recalls his vision back to the to the infinite forest, and he starts trying to run simulations. The Vex can't simulate paracausal abilities and paracausal powers, so he True. runs into an infinite number of timelines that he cannot figure out, and that's why we don't have an interaction with him until Curse of Osiris. Yeah. No, I, I think the that, whole time, that the whole time that we're doing the Taken campaign, all of that, all the way into D two. That's why he's he's not privy to anything that happens with Gaul, any of that. He is literally still like at the time that Curse of Osiris happens, he is still trying to run simulations of how to deal with orcs. Maybe so. Um, I would have to go back and look at some of the lore surrounding Osiris. Osiris needs an episode of his own. Uh, be yes, honest. but uh. God, we have yeah, so many ideas very, for episodes. Very I'm possible. so excited. <laughs> <laughs> They're not stopping anytime soon. And nope. I could only imagine after next week, it's going to be even crazier. It's going to get so. cranked up to 11. Yeah. So, um, okay, bringing all this back. Uh, yes. So, Eris was either the mastermind or took a major role in the developing of this plan, which mara knew was going to lead to uh nearly the end of the reefborn awoken um and determined that that sacrifice was worth whatever she was hoping to gain out of all this didn't that just blow your mind though it's the crazy. sacrifice of an entire people was worth it like whatever whatever the next part of that plan was was worth it to sacrifice an entire her own people not not just mm-hmm. like a random sect of people or a random grouping of people like to sacrifice her own population and in, in, in its entirety that's that's my point yeah book. yeah mara is just a tad egotistical uh maybe maybe definitely <laughs> So now we enter now enters the events of uh, what, what that plan did accomplish other than the almost total annihilation of the Awoken. 
uh, was the dreadnought was stalled. The dreadnought was yep. stuck in place in Saturn's rings and could not move. Um, so that gave us the guardian an opportunity and we accomplished that opportunity, uh, tangentially through Eris via the use of her ship, uh, whether she knows it or not. <laughs> um, we just, we just borrowed it. <laughs> we just borrowed it. Uh, as, as, as Kate put it, <laughs> can't even see the join lines. <laughs> nope. Uh, so we, Oh, I'm not flying that thing. I I think we uh what is it? We we get some cloaking tech uh yep. from one of Rasputin's bunkers, if I recall correctly. Uh from Cade. Um, specifically from Cade. Cade reminds us of a secret stash of uh yep. of stealth tech that he had hidden away and on our way up to it we come we start coming across taken because the the first mission is us going to Phobos, we get a distress a distress call from Phobos which is the essentially the 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 main base in our solar system uh for the for the cabal and at that time uh, yeah. Phob- yep at the time which phobos is the moon is one of uh mars one of the moons of mars um that the tachyons actually pulled closer to mars to to do something i don't know there's a whole thing there um so we end up going there and while we're there oryx shows up oryx does this scary taken face thing to us and all of a sudden take and start pouring in out of everywhere. And we're trying to figure this out. We're like, what in the hell is this enemy? What is going on? We start freaking out and ghost is like, get back to the ship. Just get the hell off this planet. We need to, we need to go report. So you start fighting your way back and you, you end up, you end up getting back to your ship. You, you head back to the, to the tower. And that's, that's when they have the whole scene with, uh, uh, Eris, you know, shows she, they're looking, they're looking, the Vanguard is looking at the map of, of the, of the dreadnought and it's showing the events of the, of the, of the throne world being pushed out and decimating everything around it. And, uh, um, they start, they're asking like, you know, what they're trying, Ikora and Cade and Zavala are all just kind of like asking each other, like, what the hell's going on here? Eris walks in, shoves her little rock, uh, her little Aham Carbone onto the map and, and that's where we get the, the, the line. And she says, Crota or, or Oryx is is here he's he's here not just to avenge crota but this was the big bad that i've been trying basically this is the big bad i've been trying to warn you about for the last year um Mm -hmm. for possibly even longer than that um this is i i told you guys this what was going to happen and that's when the whole like kate says eris get your rock off my map um so then as as they're going through this meeting cade being cade uh being the hunter that he is he he walks off and he's like, oh, I, I gotta go see a, a man about a horse, basically. So he comes he comes to you as the guardian. It's like, hey, we need to get on that ship. Like, we need to get a guardian in there. We need to we need to get boots on ground. We need to start kicking ass and taking names, which is that's a that's a pretty hunter thing to do. Um, it, it, not just a ballsy thing to do, but a very stealthy thing to do. Well, so he says, I've got a bit of stealth. He's scouting exactly. Yeah. He's he's doing the hunter thing. He wants to he wants to scout this thing out and just get a lone guardian in there, you know, figure this whole thing figure this whole thing out. Um, and so he he comes to you as the guardian and says, "Hey, I've got some old uh, stealth tech stashed away." Um, and during that mission, there's actually a, a a secret area that you can get to, and I I, I, want, I almost want to go load up D1 and go to this area, but there, it it explains a little bit about Cade because he leaves a card. There's a card like a Queen of Hearts card. Laying on the on the 
on the or Queen of Spades, I think it was uh, either Queen of Spades or Queen of Hearts laying on the ground, Hearts. and he talk. Yeah, right. And he talks about it. Like he talks about how he left clues for himself after each reset to mm-hmm. to know what the reset before knew, which lead which gives us a little bit of insight to the EXO um, reset thing, um, which we'll cover when we cover Clovis Bray. Okay, uh, I think. But on your way up, that what's that? Uh, as I, and and Cade, I know we've talked about doing a, oh absolutely a Cade episode or or series of episodes and yeah oh we'll, my god we'll touch on all yeah. of that hundred percent um so so as you're going up that tower uh about halfway up you meet your first booper because Destiny Bungie guys are kind of assholes to you the player <laughs> uh. And it's literally like you jump into a blind hole, and literally sitting on the other side of the blind hole is a taken phalanx with a booper shield, and he instantly boops you off and kills you because you're not ready for it. So you miss your jump to get back on the thing. Uh, or if you're a warlock like like the rest of the world, uh, hashtag master race, uh, you fall to your death very, very slowly and just like, well, this blows, and you have to run up the tower again. Uh, you get to the top, you defeat a... I want to say it's like a vision of, of Oryx or something like that. There's a bunch of big old Taken fight at the top. You get the stealth tech. You bring it back. Cade, Cade goes out to uh, uh, Amanda Holiday um, and says, Hey, I need you. To, I, I, what better way to get onto a Hive ship than Reeking of Hive, which is Eris Morn's ship. Eris Morn's ship is all... There's all this Hive... Uh, what, what, is it, what is it called? What's the growth stuff called? Uh, chitin? Chitin? I, chitin? I think. Some, some people call it Chitin. Chitin. Like like it's like like it's a like a mix between a chinchilla and a kitten. No, it's it's chitin. Um, yeah. So it's got all the hive chitin growth on it. So it very much reeks of hive, and that's how that's how Cade says we're gonna get a man on on the inside. He he straps the he he has a man a holiday strap on this stealth tech, um, and that's where he goes. Imagine this: an unsanctioned op with lo- lone guardian stealth, you know, un- untested stealth tech to get to to land a, a lone guardian on the dreadnought to then place a transmat zone and then bring in the cavalry and and then Amanda's like all right she'll be ready for you in a sec and Kate's like oh pff, I'm not flying that thing screw that <laughs> <laughs> that's where we as the guardian then borrow to fly that, that quotation marks <laughs> yeah we got to fly that thing uh and that's the next scene we see there is that cut scene of us flying in we stealth up we get just inside uh, um, uh, the I, I I don't know what to call it, but the dead zone between the 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 rings and the dreadnought itself, where it's it's yeah. just empty space now. Um, we get just inside that, and about half, almost up to the dreadnought, and then all of a sudden our stealth tech wears off, and then we're literally just face to face with the dreadnought, and goes to sit next to us in the cockpit, and they're like, uh, "Do you think he sees us?" And then that's when that's when you start seeing the the weapon power up again, the Oryx starting to push his throne world out through that same weapon again. And Ghost freaks out. He's like, oh, they see us, they see us. So you kick it into high gear and you start hauling ass as fast as you can to the Dreadnought, trying to beat it, beat beat the beat the weapon firing to the Dreadnought. Um, and it ends up destroying the ship, but in the instance that it destroys it, your Ghost transmats you onto the side of the ship in this little open, almost hangar bay-like area. Um, Very conveniently uh, placed. Very conveniently placed hangar bay area, and you are now on the dreadnought, stuck there. <laughs> no ship, <laughs> no nothing. You've got to now find your way out. Yeah. So, um, 
and say as much as Hopefully I want to go... Hopefully I didn't go, jump past like three pages of your notes. No, no, no. You're, you're doing good. Um, as much as I would love to go through all of Taken King in a blow-by-blow, blow, we will be here all night and we will not get any I was progress say, done on the episode. This is not a Taken King episode either. So, I, just, um, I, just, I like that idea. I like, I, like, I like getting that little sense in there um, yeah, for no, any absolutely. of our D2 players uh, that didn't get to play D1. Um, yeah, or, or, uh, or haven't played D1, or haven't played D1 in a while. Um, I just that that series of cutscenes, like that whole mission of going, getting that stealth tech, getting on the ship, getting on the dreadnought. That's 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 a cool thing. No, it is, and it, it was such a awesome moment as a D1 player um, to have that because up until that point, we had never done anything like this before. No, in game. Um, no. like I've, everything about ta- the intro to Taken King and Taken King as as a whole was so incredibly groundbreaking Amazing. for Destiny at the time that like, oh, we I don't think there's a single person that didn't love Taken King and and even now looking back on it can can you know go man that was that was a lot that of fun. was the one yeah that was the one that was that was what got me hooked. Say hopefully Witch Queen will will be of the oh, same caliber. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Mil- a million pre-orders already, a million <laughs> plus mean, and growing, and the, we still got a week till it comes out. <laughs> the hype is certainly of a higher caliber. We'll it see is if the delivery is real. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is is the same. Um, yeah, yeah. So to to do some broad strokes uh, as to what happens in Taking King. At this point, our guardian is successful in getting the transmat zone. I uh, and you know Zavala does the whole like, fine. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna be mad yeah. because you won. Uh, because it worked. Like, yeah, because it if worked. If it failed, he would have been pissed. Yeah. But because it worked, he's like, ah, eh, whatever. I don't care. Like, sure, fine. Um, and now we're under the. There's an, a number of missions that happen here that take us in a number of different directions. But the main, the the golden path mission that we want to focus on for this is us working with uh, under the direction of Eris, usually. Yep. Um, to kind of do what we did to Crota. Uh, oh, hundred percent. Find the main sources of Oryx's tribute. Uh, and eliminate them, and at the same time, find a way to pass ourselves off as an ascendant hive so that we can access Oryx's throne. Uh, the balls, the balls on this plan. Become an ascendant hive. You lone little guardian who just learned what ascendant hive even is, I mean, you kind of knew a little bit about of it with, with Crota, but... Yeah. Like you're really like become an ascendant hive. Go, shit. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, the way that we accomplish this ascendancy is to go back to Crota and and Crota's throne world. I uh, essentially sneak into his funeral and steal his soul drink, drink of his absence <laughs> B- steal bits of his soul enough that the whatever qualifier the ascendant portals use uh they will see 
you know, your guardian as, as being worthy to use them. Um, and I, I do think that's an interesting concept because this is the only point where they talk about needing to be an ascendant hive to use the, 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 to pass back and forth between the ascendant plane um, right. and, and our reality. And it literally never comes up again. Uh, well, okay, so I have a few theories on that one, too. Okay. So so I'm going to do my first theory with Mara. The only way she was able to get in was to die. Right, she used Oryx's... She, she essentially used Oryx pushing his throne out to meet her as a way of, like, slyly Slipping getting past access to his throne. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and she didn't get back out for a while. Like no, she, she, she had to literally, she she couldn't. She had to literally remake her body atom by atom to get out. So that that to me says something about the ascendant plane. There is definitely something there that we as either whether it be the humanness in them, because obviously Mara's partial human, although she is awoken, because that's where all awoken originated as humans. Um, but whether it's whether it's the human side of us, maybe it's maybe it's the half light, half dark thing. I don't I don't know. There's something there that prevents us from being able to enter the Ascendant Realm. Once we have done that, we can now enter any Ascendant Realm. So, like, yeah, we've been a, we've been, we've essentially been an Ascendant Hive, or we have some sort of artifact or something that allows us to be Ascendant, which is what allows us to enter the Ascendant Planes in Forsaken, in D2. Um, that allows us to enter the now with D two. Um, there's a little bit more to it because while we're in the Dreaming City, we have to drink of the Queen's foil, or we have to we have to douse ourselves in Queen's foil in order to see these portals. But we can freely enter them. Like once we once we get to them, we can enter and exit all we want. Um. So yeah. So True. I I think that I think that that's why it only happens once. Like because we have been as ascendant before, it's easier for us the the next time through. The the one hole I may poke in this. Um, God damn it, Miff. <laughs> I I mean it. I I think part of it's poke away, because... poke away. <laughs> so canonically, not every guardian that went through D two went through. Oh, God damn it, D one. God damn it. You know, there were newly resurrected. Yeah, you know, it always it just depends on who. On There's a whole new like started, campaign too. God damn it, the, man! <laughs> started the game. Um, all right. I I you do wonder that if that's a thread that maybe has been has been left to the wayside because it would be a pain to try to try and explain how every single new guardian somehow becomes ascendant to then access the dreaming I, city I and, and those and then access uh everything in in season of the lost we're we're literally going yep. into the ascendant plane jumping in yeah in and out all the time in season of the lost so i, I now to I, be fair the ascendant plane there we have a portal being powered by darkness this is true this is true um which because then those brings... cables from that portal are led back to the umbral yeah so then, then that brings a question of is the need to be an ascendant or an ascendant hive 
uh, is that specifically something that is required to enter a hive throne world versus just the ascendant plane in general? Like maybe that qualifier is set by the creator of the throne world, not part of just the ascendant realm in general. All right, your idea is cooler. And, I don't know about that, more. but it, it it works a lot better. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just see. All right, if if there's a little mini mission at the beginning of Witch Queen to become ascendant to go into Savathun's hive, you know, throne world, or maybe Savathun doesn't care. Um, that could I, I mean that could be the thing too. Like Oryx, Oryx could have set a parameter for his throne world to say only ascendant hive can enter this, and Thus, we not being a Senate Hive cannot enter his throne world. Cannot enter, cannot enter his throne world proper because again, that hold it's tied to the Dreadnought. The Dreadnought's tied to it, and they're one and the same essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And we we see that throughout the Dreadnought too. There's there's uh, uh, areas in the Dreadnought that uh, that have invisible platforms, and those platforms are said to be existent. They're kind of like the the in between. Like they, it's almost like yeah. they exist on yep. both sides of the of the of the portal. Um, like a like a phasing issue like like they're they're out of phase with us but when we get close to it we we eject, we project enough light that we can phase part of it into our existence so that's that i i always thought that was cool with all the jumping puzzles in there too that 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 kind of led back to that yeah the the exploration in the dreadnought is matt is is easily some of the best they've done in a location um Dude, we are sucking at staying on point of Eris. Yeah, yeah, we are. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, so we're 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 gonna so go back to So much for this Aris being a two part episode. <laughs> we're, we're gonna go back to Eris now. Um so uh, again, broad strokes again on on task. Yes. On task. Uh Eris leads us to become ascendant by using Crota's essence. Uh we then dismantle up upon Eris's direction, for the most part, dismantle the tribute lines that are feeding Oryx to get, similar to how we did to Crota, we're getting Oryx to the point where he is just, his worm is eating him from the inside out uh, because it does not have these lines of tribute coming in to feed it anymore. Um, well, and, and by us defeating Crota, that was a huge line of tribute. That, that was, was, that was, that like- was his biggest Right. Crota gave him the biggest chunk, and that that's the main reason why he invaded the soul system in the first place. It's not be it, it's not because he cared about Crota. It's not because he's right. he's mourning, you know, the the loss of his son. I that's not how the hive work. It's because exactly. we eliminated his main source of tribute, which was two things. A is real bad for his you know sustained feeding of his worm for 60% or however much of your probably 40% of your your food to just disappear and then B Crota was a very significant member of the hive at this point and the fact that something that he came across was able to kill him and kill him permanently by nature of the sword logic dictates that it's something that that Oryx has to test himself against and it's something yep. that by nature of his worm he has to learn about he has to Oryx... know it he, ha- he has yep. to know more about it so he's not coming to us out of out of grief he's coming because he has no other choice 
in, in yep. multiple ways. Um, so we we fight him on the dreadnought in in our reality. I uh, do we do we fight him or do we hug him? No, we definitely fight him. <laughs> okay. Sorry, the way you said fight him. fight him, I instantly I instantly thought of Encanto and was like, and you fight her. No, wait, you is that in a brace? Do you hug her? Is am I fighting or hugging? Yeah. I've still not seen that movie because I do not well, have children. Uh, hey, you don't have to be a children to love Disney. We're all children at heart. And I have still not seen that movie. So, <laughs> uh, the, for those the, of you that want to catch, to want to help Myth catch Flack, beg him to go see Encanto. And it won't work. Um, oh. So we fight someday, him eventually, but so we fight him in our realm. Uh, we defeat him, kinda. And say his his last act in us defeating him is to take himself. Uh, and what what we learned from the books of sorrow, what taking technically is, is you are Oryx is transporting whatever that thing is that he's taking to stand before the darkness, and the darkness strips all will away from that thing so that Oryx can then command it. So th- this is kind of like Oryx's version of, you know, smoke bomb out. Uh, he's still, he's like, taking himself. That's, that's a gen- Like if you, if you try to think of that in a literal sense, that is a mind fuck. Like Oryx smoke bombed out to the darkness, stood before the darkness to lose all will to command himself. Now, I don't know if it happened exactly that way because the the darkness ha- has you know sentience in in this right. You know the the darkness, the entity is what we're talking the darkness, about. The darkness, the entity. Yeah. Um, or at least that's what is suggested in the books of sorrow. So it, it may just be that he took himself, he transported himself to stand before the darkness. He and the darkness are good buds at this point. And he's just now using <laughs> that as a, a method to then go next Smoke door bomb. to his ascendant realm. Uh, I, I do like the idea of, of while you're fighting him, he just looks at you and goes, Smoke bomb! Boom! And slaps his <laughs> chest and just disappears. Uh, if ever there's a Destiny anime, I want to see that happen. Uh, What's happening? Smoke bomb, or, or, or even a, a machinima or something, but um, yes. so o- all that's left in our realm of Oryx is his sword, Willbreaker, which is a substantial trophy. Like that, that is the sword that destroyed entire civilizations, destroyed entire solar systems before me over a us. billion years. Yeah. Oryx is a thousand old. thousand years. Uh Eris shows up. She takes, she kind of dismantles his sword. Um, or it, it crumbles, or or I, I forget exactly what it is, but she takes a crystal out of it. Um and oh, she that... goes up and boops it just like Mara did. <laughs> Boop. Boop. And, uh, and then it just disintegrates. Yeah. And that crystal is then given to the guardian, 
and the guardian then does what we tend to do and makes a weapon out of it. Um, yeah! Exotics for everyone! Yeah, in this case, one of the three exotic swords that were uh, in Destiny 1. I think the only exotic swords that were in Destiny 1. I believe um, so. I can't think of any other exotic swords that were in D1. Yeah. So, uh, but needless to say, so Eris has taken this this crystal, but she knows that Oryx is not dead dead. He's been banished yep. from our realm, but he still exists in his in his throne world, chilling, trying to amass his power until he can come back for round two. Uh, well, and and we even hear as much too when Eris is taking this this crystal, because while she's taking this crystal, she's basically telling she's reading a letter that she has written to the queen, mm-hmm. um, in the narrative there. Yes, she is. I was going to see if I could find the exact uh, dialogue. I don't know if Ishtar is going to have it or not. That's okay. We can just say, my queen, my queen, my queen, my plan, my plan, your plan, my plan, my queen. That's pretty much what she says. That sounds pretty accurate, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) God dang it. This is more or less what happened. That's, what, that's, that's how I remember. Pretty much what happened. Um, <laughs> oh man! No okay. such luck. No such luck on that. But uh, what we do have is a couple of other um, kind of bits and pieces that uh, talk about us going now to his. Um, his ascendant realm. So, uh, this is the lore card. Yes, lore card. Uh, regicide. And uh, ooh, the final mission. Yeah, it states, and so the king has been slain, driven out of our world. Eris and Ikora have already begun planning a way to assault the Ascendant Realm and end the threat of Oryx once and for all. The Guardian will lead that fire team, no doubt, once they have a chance to stop and breathe. In the meantime, we're leveraging all available hidden and awoken intelligence assets to understand the threat of the Taken army left behind. The other members of the Vanguard have begun drawing up assault plans and I have full faith and confidence we'll see this threat put to rest as well. This was a transmission from Commander Zavala to the Traveler's Observatory, uh, a.k.a. the Speaker. Yep. Um, so, yeah, just that Eris and Ikora recognize that we're not done yet and uh, are figuring out how to attack the Ascendant Realm. Um, and that's exactly what we do. We participate in the King's Fall raid, which is us invading Oryx's ascendant plane, um, his his throne world. We systematically kill off the last few bits of tribute that he has. Kill uh, off his daughters. The, his daughters and the war priest. Um, oh my god, dude! If if this thing does come back, I'm. I it's gotta. It's gotta. 
every uh, everyone everyone loves vault of glass like whether you hate it or love it you love it because it's the first right like that's like everyone remembers their first wink wink nod nod valentine's day <laughs> demonetized oh dang it <laughs> So so everyone remembers their first, which is Vault. And so when Vault came back, everyone was super excited. For my my first wasn't Taken King, or my first my first gameplay was Taken King, but King's Fall Raid was just so good. Like that I mean mechanically it was so much different with it it the jumping puzzles in it and the mechanics of the like it was very, very, very well done. Um so yeah, if it does all signs are pointing to it coming back. We we have no way of confirming or denying this, but all signs of everything that we've heard from Bungie um, through Twitter and 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 all their uh, um, previews of of the the next year of Destiny, it, it sounds like King's Fall is coming back. Which, yeah, I I, I, I would I'm be stoked. very surprised if it didn't. Um, yeah, and I I I very much looking forward to it. I think King's Fall, given the Vault of Glass treatment, where they tweak the encounters just enough just to, a to make bit. them fresh, just a little bit. Um, I think that would be that would be wonderful. But again, not to get too off track here, but we we go through the King's Fall raid. We kill the War Priest and uh, the two daughters of Oryx, uh, who are the creators of the Oversoul, which Crota used. Um. And then we kill Oryx himself, uh, having gotten rid of all of his his tribute lines. He is the weakest he has ever been as Oryx. Um, and then we untake light that he was storing in his realm to feed his ascendant hive. Uh, we we that concept is mind blowing too, and turn it into bombs essentially yeah. that that are then used to to kill him um which we talked a lot about that uh process in our our books of yep. sorrow um and and kind of our thoughts on that but yeah is unprecedented at that point in the story awesome uh, awesome that that we could ever do something like that guardians make their own fate baby damn straight uh <laughs> so now the the Taken King, uh, Oryx, this this big bad that Eris has been planning for and worrying about and gathering allies to fight for so long, is gone, is is off the playing field, uh, and we she leads a couple of strikes, um. Either by doing, either she is the voiceover, or she, you know, is is providing the uh, the logistical support on a couple of strikes to remove a few contenders who might try and fill the the throne of the Taken King with Oryx gone. Because um, I was going to say, because that's always an issue in any type of army, uh, especially to me, especially a religious driven army. As soon as the head is cut off. There, a power vacuum happens. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, that those those uh missions are uh, culminate in the strikes for 
um, a la cool, the dark blade, uh, which is still, I think one of the, the most atmospheric and, and cool. Is that the one where you strikes. fight completely in dark? Yeah. Down in that dark pit. And he just kind of comes oh out of nowhere. God. Yeah. That, that one. one was awesome. And all you see, like all you can see is his head. If that, like you can see his eyes, maybe. And then all the thralls start pouring in. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Yeah, Fantastic that, freaking mission. As that was another really good one. Um, but so we we dismantle any ability for uh any other you know ascendant hive to to try and claim the throne. Uh, and Eris kind of sees her job as done. Um, in, yeah. At least in regards to to this, uh, you know, to to fighting Oryx and and Oryx's brood. Um, we also we also stop the cabal from blowing the thing up. Yeah, that too. You know, because uh, that's what the cabal did during this whole time. They slammed a ship into it. That was their way of, hey, we're gonna put a transmit. Mo-. No, they just slammed an entire ship into the side of it and was like, invade, go. It's the most uh, cabal then, thing to do. Like <laughs> the most cabal thing to do, right? Like that is. And then they then the brothers come along and they rig up a bunch of explosives to essentially the core of the dreadnought and they're like we're mm-hmm. just going to blow it up. Yeah, yeah, and if I recall correctly, the reason we stopped them was because it wasn't just going to blow it up, it was going to blow up oh, no. it and like the adjacent planets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Saturn would have been wiped off the map. Part of like Europa probably would have been gone. Like I mean, yeah, no. Yeah, Nessus, nope, that's out. Yeah. Yeah. I uh... They go bigger, they go home. No, they go bigger, <laughs> they die. They don't even go home. No, nope, they, go they never go home. They uh, are not allowed to go home. So, Eris is has made the decision to leave the tower um, after the the events of Taken King, and the only person that she uh, stops to say goodbye to is her good friend Asher Mir, and we we have a lore card about that. Uh, specifically, this is the Ghost Fragment lore card titled Eris Morn, and it is as follows. Eris Morn settled back into the chair, allowing the dark wisps of power she'd summoned to effortlessly flow from her back into the night. The green emanations from her shroud were stark against the darkness. Her face implacable. Eris regarded the awoken in the bed. His name was Asher Mir. Annoying, cantankerous, she could even see, she could even, she had even seen Ikora Ray become exasperated in his presence. Her lips quirked, very slightly, upwards. A kindred spirit, if she'd ever had one. Her smile died as her gaze slid to his side. His warlock garb had been stripped from his body, and she could see his pale blue chest as it rose and fell in the bed. His arm, his arm was gone. In its place was a thing. The point where mechanicals knit with flesh was ghastly to behold, but the design was unmistakable to any guardian who'd been in the field. Asher Mir's arm was that of a vex construct. She stood and stepped to the side of the bed. Her voice was gentle, quiet, but its timber filled the still air of the room. I am leaving, my old friend. 
The man in the bed did not stir. Soon I will take my leave of this. She put her hands up to take in the med bay, the city, the tower, earth. This lie. She placed a gloved hand on the back of his blue flesh-and-bone hand. I wish we could have spoken, you and I, one last time. But my story here is done. I have avenged those I lost. I must find... I must find a new path through the night. The hive are vast and ancient. A power from far beyond our realm. If we are ever truly to face them, ever truly to put an end to their hate, I must step beyond the safety of the city. Be safe, Jensen Scribe. A storm is coming, and I will not be at your side when it finds its way to our shores. And so ends that lore card. Well, that was bonerific. <laughs> Uh, that was hot. Jesus. I, I mean, Happy if, Valentine's Day, Eris and Asher. Holy shit. If you say so, he's unconscious from turning in half turning into a vex and she's like piecing out of his life. Okay, I I I took that as a moment of like they had just made love and she was she was leaving him, but then you said Med Bay yeah. and you, uh, you, yes, you took things very, very wrong. Uh, Screw that. <laughs> this is a Valentine's Day episode. They totally did it. I mean, you, you believe what you want to. Uh, and instead of, instead of buying him flowers, she brought him an arm. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> So what's actually happening, not in Zora's <laughs> fan fiction world, is uh, she is my fan fiction world is naughty. <laughs> she is visiting one of her only, you know, people that she she felt a uh, a kinship with a, a kindred spirit. I still think she's part awoken. She may very well be. I would not be surprised at all. Honestly. With how much um, with how much connection she has with all of the Awoken that we know that she has connections with, I I think she's part of Awoken. I think it would make a lot of sense. Uh, I don't know we're ever gonna know unless she like takes her hood off at some point. Uh, Ooh, maybe we we'll get a special Valentine's Day episode with Eris. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's not. Uh, let's let's not. We'll keep we'll keep that rule thirty four in my own head. <laughs> where where it shall stay forever and where where it shall stay forever to, and ever to never see the light of day, never um, ever. <laughs> so she's peacing out. She's leaving. She says, yep. "I have nothing left to accomplish here." I. Uh, but I know that the hive are not just going to disappear. I know there's more to them than what we have seen. And I need to go find that out. And I can't do that here. Um, yep. Now, I do find that last line particularly interesting. So, uh, a storm is coming and I will not be at your side when it finds its way to our shores. 
Now this this is the the time period that this dialogue is happening is prior to D two. This is right. after Taken King, which makes me wonder which storm is she talking about? Was she talking right. about Gaul? Did she somehow know that Gaul was on his way? I kind of doubt it, just because how and why would she not have warned somebody if that were the case? Um, yep. I wonder if she wasn't talking about Sabathun, if she wasn't talking I, about the fact that she knows Oryx has sisters and that they're I just as powerful, if not more so than than him, and like inevitably they're gonna come for us too. So um, I I think it's more th- more that um mainly because as like another thing that happened during the the Taken King campaign uh was we were going through collecting those calcified fragments right like the the yes, calcified ghost yeah. fragments and and all those all those were the books of sorrows that we covered um and and in doing so obviously Eris had to have read the decryptions on it or helped with the decryptions on them um so and oh oh i want to I want to say something, but it's it's kind of spoilers. Um, oh no! For the collector's edition. <laughs> oh, then you got You got to hold on. Oh, that's I, so relevant, though. Okay, I love okay, you, fine. and for, we will cover it next week. I promise. <laughs> for those that have the collector's edition, I highly, highly, highly recommend uh, reading the the journal that came with it and looking for connections to the things we just talked about. God damn it. Just send me my shit, Bungie. <laughs> Grr! Zor doesn't have his yet, so. That, I don't have hence, mine yet. <laughs> hence the salt. Yes. Uh, God, you suck. Now, nah, I don't even know what I was going to talk about. <laughs> Keep going. So, no, you, you were saying. Oh, calcified fragment. Eris so she, translated. So she, yeah. She absolutely, I think, helped translate that, and damn it, uh, which then helped us build the touch of Ma- she helped us build the touch of malice. Like she helped us capture that part, that portion of essence, or that 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 essence of of Oryx and put it into the gun. So yeah, no. she, in knowing, in doing so, and and translating that, she knows he has sisters. She knows all of it. Like all the books of sorrow was those calcified fragments, and yeah. so to have all that information readily available, like. That's where she know, like something bigger is coming, and so I I definitely think she's referring uh, to either Sabathun or Zero Wrath. I think Sabathun because Sabathun definitely seems like the bigger player uh, between the three um, uh, sisters. Uh, so yeah, I I th- I think she's referring to Sabathun. Yeah, and that that makes a lot of sense. I I hadn't thought of that. The fact that she was translating the Books of Sorrow at this at the same time, she may not have known that there was anything beyond Oryx until she translated yeah. them and then went, oh shit, there's, there's so two much more, of more out there. I, yeah. We need to be prepared. I need to figure out like more about the Hive to, to be able to fight them. Um, I, I yep. think that tracks really well. So, Especially what little secrets are in the collector's edition. <laughs> me, 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 me. I, you, you'll, you'll find out. It's okay. I hope so. I hope this thing shows up this week. I'm gonna be very sad if it doesn't show up to like July. <sighs> Continue. Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, at this Note point Note to time, anyone ordering stuff from Bungie Store. If you pre-order something, pre-order it by itself so it ships by itself. That's all I'm going to say about that. That, that. that is good advice. As, yes. as Mystic Penguin has told me, I am making assumptions, and we know what that does. Back to the story. Okay. So um, we also yeah. get a mission for uh, Black Spindle. Oh, yeah. Or Black that's... Hammer. During Forsaken, we did? No. Or, during excuse Taken me, during King. Taken King, we did? Absolutely. Because one of the exotic. So during Taken King came the first iteration of it. Um, then I when they. The first did iteration the... came from Crota. Ooh, maybe it did. I, I think. Let me let me look here. Maybe the first iteration came from Crota, and the second iteration came from Taken King. I think the Black Spindle was. Yeah. Okay. So the Black Hammer was a loot, random loot drop in Crota's End. In Crota. Uh, it was a legendary sniper rifle, yep. and. I don't know if it had okay. It had white nail. Uh, yeah. Which is, yep. Which is why they kind of sunset it. Uh, Fucking um, broke before it. Sunsetting was a thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then they brought it back as an exotic, which was the black spindle. Yep. Um And because yes, that one that you had to wait for the uh, the taking king. You had to wait. I was going to say it was the it was the the daily heroic mission. Uh, where the whole place turns black and you've got to race back to the beginning. And as you're racing back, you have to unlock the the hive of lock, essentially lock the doors behind you. And you've got to re, you've got to unlock them and get back to that spot. And there's a there's a door, there's a fallen door that you have to get to and get through that door in a certain amount of time uh, to to start kind of like a side mission there, um, which would then net you the black spindle, yep. which is now in D two as the whisper of the worm. Yep. Um, yeah, so we, we also created that hive weapon, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, yeah, but after this point, Eris just disappears. We never see her again in Destiny 1. Um, and actually we never see her for a good portion of the beginning of Destiny 2 either. I was Um, going to say, there's some lore entries, or not lore entries, there's some, uh, uh, dialogue entries in, in D1, like when you're doing the arm strike dealer uh, or the arms dealer strike um at the end of it um it, there's a little interaction interact, little interaction with Cade and talking about rocks and maps and stuff like that and all he does he just kind of sighs and he's like oh i miss Eris." and yeah. so yeah she literally just disappears until um, shadow keep yeah until shadow keep uh there's another Holy dialogue shit. with uh ikora i don't remember exactly where it comes from i i think it's from one of the um missions on like titan uh yeah it, it might have been a strike but i i don't yeah you know what i think it was the sabathun song strike now that i think about it um well maybe not regardless it, it's I a dialogue feel, i still lines. feel like that strike needs to be I, I i understand the whole like darkness has taken titan and and it's been vaulted but I, I think that strike because Savathun is the big baddie coming I think that they need to have some sort of explanation of that strike because that that strike explains a lot of things of how Savathun 
has access to light. Yeah, it, a lot of the theory crafting around how she does what she does for Witch Queen, at least as far as we know, uh, centers around things learned in that strike. Uh, yeah. So I, I would love to see them bring that back in some capacity. Uh, I think they're sure. probably just going to explain the same things we learned from that strike in a different place. Um, but no, so uh, what I was getting at, there's a dialogue from Ikora, something along the lines of, uh, you know, I I wish we could have this studied by Eris Morn. Um, you know, you'll, you know, you I'm sure you'll meet her someday or something along those lines. Yep. Which was a dialogue that, if I recall correctly, really annoyed everyone because it didn't have a veteran dialogue option. So she acted like everybody had never met. Like Eris we'd never Morn even before. heard of Ikora. Yeah. So which is which is directly contradictory to a scannable in the tower. There's a scannable above, like way up high um, above the, the ramen shop that you can scan. And it's it even says, like, I wonder where Eris Morn has gotten off to these days. You know, like. Yeah. So, but, yeah. So needless to say, the storytelling in Destiny from the end of Destiny 1 and even even parts of Destiny, even the parts of Destiny 1 as a whole into like the first year or so of Destiny 2. It's kind of fucky. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. Not, um, not a lot of people were on the same page there as like what stories are being told. <laughs> but thankfully, when Eris does return to the forefront in Shadowkeep, uh, things are, are much more solid narratively. Um, yes. Or at least are, are beginning the process of really forming what we have now as, as a story. Um, so in Shadowkeep, uh, we are introduced to Eris, who has well, found it, herself... Real, on... real quick, so, so to give a timeline of this, so uh, uh, she, she disappears uh, at the end of Taken King. The entirety of Rise of Iron happens, so the entire thing about Siva and the Iron Lords and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Then the entirety of Gaul happens. Gaul invades the city. We defeat Gaul. Then the entirety of Curse of Osiris and Warmind happen. So we go to Mercury. We find the whole Infinite Force thing. And Osiris is like, hey, I'm back, bro. Panoptes, Panoptetes, whatever crazy Greek mythic thing. Dude, I'm telling you, they've got some Greek intern there. Or Greek mythology intern that's just <laughs> like, hey, how do I use my... And this is it. There, um, there's more Greek phrases in the, the collector's edition. <laughs> Oh, damn it! <sighs> not not related to Panoptes, but I'm just saying that same intern is also nope. writing things for the CEs. So. Nope. My hands are crossed, my arms are folded, <laughs> and I'm refusing to finish this episode till I get my collector's edition. Well, I can't do anything about it, so... <laughs> So, but yeah, so the so the events of Curse of Osiris happen. Uh, the events of Warmind happen. We go to Mars. We help Anna Bray discover her past and and connect back with Rasputin. And then we canonically lose um, Charlemagne. Whatever. Uh, then all of Forsaken happens. Uh, the prison break at the at the prison of Elters. Cade dies to the hands of Uldren. Uldren dies to the hands of us. We kill Riven. Uh, the whole taken. Taken thing happens with the with the Awoken City and the Battery and the and Coria and all that jazz. Uh, then the the season of the Forge happened, which was the entirety of uh, 
and we covered her uh one of our past episodes hashtag go check out eight one episodes yep we've uh, got the whole black armory history yep so the the black armory comes to the forefront uh so i mean tons of events are happening yeah while it's been a long time eris is just kind of afk like yeah if if we assume that the game world advances at the same rate as the the real world um then it's it's been like three three years maybe four years three three and a half yeah. something like that um because then because then there's the season of the drifter and then the season of opulence where callus yeah. comes back mm-hmm. and was like hey or not callus uh uh the leviathan gets we we unlock the corrupted portion of the leviathan that's been taken over by the the crown of of sorrow which also yeah. ties into Sabathun. Also ties into Sabathun. please, Sabathun? for the love of God, tell me there's something in the collector's edition. My, my lips are sealed. Uh... Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! You're no longer my Valentine's! Heartbroken! I mean, shouldn't your wife be your Valentine? No! She's my lover! <laughs> you get to be my Valentine's, but no more! I'll just have to live with that, I guess. Uh, hope, hope to God nobody heard that excuse me from across the house. <laughs> but, so, it's been, it's been some time, and now we enter Shadowkeep. And Shadowkeep starts off with a uh, cutscene of Eris, who is on the moon, um, in the, the catacombs. Um... And now some of the information I have here, I could not validate at another source, um, but was listed in the Destinypedia uh, site. Okay. Usually they're pretty Remember good about their stuff, sources? but I couldn't, I couldn't find any specific uh, uh, references to some of the things that are said here, but they, they make logical sense. So um, Eris is on the moon. They credit her reason for being on the moon as her stone or her Ahamkara bone um, has started whispering to her again. It's been silent apparently for quite some time and it's now started whispering and those whispers are what tell her to go back to the moon and lead her through the catacombs until she discovers a dormant pyramid ship. The discovery of this ship. Yeah. In, insert darkness sound. <laughs> yeah. Um, the discovery of the ship kicks off a couple of things. Uh, and I'm a little fuzzy on the exact time, on the exact order of events here, because I found a couple different theories that seem to all contradict each other. Um, okay. We'll go through them one at a time then and see the, see where we can I'll I'll insert my knowledge where where it where my memory decides to kick in. Okay. So one theory is that the discovery of this ship, of this pyramid ship, um, you know, wakes up whatever vestige of the darkness is in it. And that is what makes the the hive of the hidden swarm uh who are led by Crota's surviving daughters, which is Hashladun and Deserith. Um, Hashlatag. Yeah. Hashlatag, to... Hashladun. I like that. 
Really, the hash the tech. Ever since, ever since it came across, she was like hash Ladoon. and I instantly like the very first time I heard it, it clicked with hash tag, and so I'm like, all right, well, that's canon now. <laughs> so, I uh, the the one theory is that like these daughters have been on the moon, um, kind of in hiding with what's left of Crota's brood of of hive. Uh, I mean, with and... how well we dismantled his hive, like I would not, I, I, I would not, I, I would think that they would want to stay hidden there. Like, like, right. I wouldn't want to come out of hiding myself if I was, if, if I just seen what had happened to my Crota, because Crota is, uh, um, Hashladoon's father, as well as, um, who's the other one you named? Deserith. He's, he's their father. Yes. So that's um, that's part of his that's not necessarily part of his tribute line, but but for all intents and purposes, part of his tribute line as well that had mm-hmm. just stayed hidden. Like they're like, nope, we're just going to cut ourselves off and not be found and killed by this thing that is killing all of our other friends and stuff. Yep they they had burrowed way down into the the depths of Luna and very intentionally hid themselves away with the surviving members of, of his brood as far as the thrall and, and acolytes and such. Um, but the theory is that they were in hiding and were remaining in hiding uh, until the uh, darkness ship woke up per se. And um, that then not only gave them a, like they saw it as a sign uh, but also they, the hive and we, this is true because we see it happen in game learned that they were able to manipulate the nightmares that the ship created from after it woke up. And they saw that as an opportunity to, you know, use it as a weapon against the, the guardians that had killed Crota. Um, okay. And that is why they then you know the the Scarlet Keep was built, and and they started becoming a a known presence on the moon. Okay. The other theory that I heard that um or that I I was able to find that I personally think makes a lot of sense, uh, and I I want to find the supporting lore cards for it. I just was not able to. I'm sure they're I I, I feel like they're out there. Uh, is sure very similar. But that the construction of the Scarlet Keep was not related to the discovery of the pyramid ship. It was related to Savathun convincing Hashladun and Deserith that if they created the Scarlet Keep, that it would draw in the the Guardians uh, and act as a trap for them that they could then, you know, remove again to exact vengeance on those that that killed crota okay that makes more sense to me in the grand scheme of things because savathun at this time is still saying she's aligned with the hive still saying she's aligned with the darkness um but she very clearly at this point and prior to this point has been trying to find a way out of the pact with her worm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And it would make a lot of sense if she didn't want a major hive presence 
on a nearby planet after she had dispatched her worm that the darkness could send after her. Sure. Uh, So this may have been a way for her to be like, you know what, let's just take all the leadership of the hive that is left on the moon off the board and just not have to worry about them. And I'm not going to do it myself. I'm going to convince them on a, on a way that is going to pit them against the guardians. My other main enemy, the the one thing that was able to kill Crota and Oryx. Yeah. And like if the guardians win, Hey, that gets rid of these two. If by some miracle they happen to kill the guardians, then die. That's still a win for me. So I think it makes a lot of sense. That's an interesting theory there. I like Savathun to have orchestrated this. So, Okay, so I'm going to present a little bit of evidence uh, to help support that um, in the way of cutscenes. The Vidoc we saw last week saw parts of the Scarlet Keep being changed to white. And I think they even talk about Savathun using the Scarlet Keep as as possible. And and maybe it wasn't wasn't the devs talking about it. Maybe it was a breakdown video that I was watching of Astacross's um, hashtag. If you don't know Astacross, go check him out. He's pretty cool. Uh, He... He he talks about how like the Scarlet Keep stuff is turning white, where it's it's that white citadel stuff of Savathun's throne world, and so it's I'm curious if there is something, I I I I I think we're gonna see something there that that directly relates to that that theory of the Scarlet Keep was built because Savathun convinced them to do it, and either way it went, either way the battle went, it was a win for her. She didn't care one way or another. I like that idea. I think the pyramid ship was completely coincidental there, because um, because like if so if I think if I think about the events that happen, we we work our way down into the into the lower depths and we come across this this catacomb come across this this cavern with a pyramid ship sitting inside and and however long that pyramid ship has been there like uh, do we have any type of time frame on how long it's been there? Uh, we don't. I say I think Ikora makes mention of of it, theoret of it of her theorizing that it's been there since the collapse. But I don't know that there's right. any confirmation one or the other. What I did find confirmation on is the Savathun theory. Um, okay. So I I guess I just didn't Google the right things before when I was doing research or or who knows. But uh, so this is from the Apocrypha, uh lore cards which come from the inquisition of the damned lore book um and i know this isn't exactly eris specific um, i was but gonna I say think, we've kind of like fucked the rails on eris on this one like <laughs> but it, it's very relevant to shadow keep and shadow keep is all about eris um and this actually okay. implies a lot more i'll allow it then than than what i thought was going on here so uh in apocrypha it states It is time you and your siblings stood on your own. The swarm, the hive, need no prince, no king. They need strength. Be that strength. Rise the crimson spire. Signal your coming. Challenge the light. And when the heroes come to condemn your proclamation of sovereignty and conquest, I offer this gift the essence of your fallen champion. I know you question my motives, but we are sisters of a kind and bound by blood. And this gift will be one of many. Use it. 
birth a ravager to protect all you hope to build. And so those essences are the nightmare essences. She's she's yes. directly telling him, "Hey, so, here's here's an essence of Crota. Here's an Essex Essex uh, essence of Gaul. The the ev- everything that we fight as a nightmare." She hasn't. She basically starts feeding them essences of and saying, "Manifest, go." Yeah. So not not only is she specifically telling them, like, yes, build the Crimson Spire, proclaim your sovereignty against the light, and let them come to you. And then when they do, use these against them. So they, the the Crimson Swarm, um. They never figured out how to manipulate these nightmares. Savathun taught them how to manipulate these yeah. nightmares. So I, th- uh, I think I think the the pyramid ship being there was purely not not necessarily purely coincidental, but they definitely helped. It definitely helped them feed the nightmares. Like whatever darkness essence that was there, they were able to help channel into these nightmares and manifest them in a real world, uh, or or in a in a our reality. As a as a weapon, like you said, like to to directly challenge us, the guardian, and to fight us, and you know, win or lose, Savathun wins either way. Yeah, and you know, we we know hive rituals are not magic; they're mostly just ways for them to make requests of the darkness to do things for them. Um, and if there's a so, pyramid ship there, that so now here's really here's something that. Here's something I don't know that we've ever directly connected, and and maybe maybe I'm just maybe I'm just the not seeing the 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 forest for the trees type thing. Do we know that the pyramid ships are directly tied to darkness? I I think we can infer that because that's so that's what I'm getting at. Well, I is, mean, is this a theory only... or is this? I, I I think it's pretty much fact. Like the only time we ever hear the darkness speak to us, the entity speak to us yep. through our ghost is inside a pyramid ship. Yep. Uh, at the at the end of the the Shadow Keep campaign. Yes. When they say we we are not your friend, we're not your enemy, we are your salvation. Um. Additionally, you know the the ziggurat that holds stasis, which is a power of darkness. Came from yep. a pyramid ship. Came from a pyramid uh, ship. We Absolutely. found the relic that uh, then links to the the sister relic in the Garden of Salvation in a pyramid ship. Like, there's a whole lot of dark things happening for them not to be related. Is is kind of where we're at. And I'm and that's that's so that's ultimately what I'm what I'm I'm partially playing the Sabathun card. Like, okay, well, what if doubt? But I'm also kind of like trying. I'm trying to get this definitive thing of like we always talk about the pyramids as being the dark and the traveler being the light. Like that, these are these are very much the vessels of darkness and light. And the fact that we only have, or or at least now, we only have one traveler. Um, but there are thousands of pyramid ships. You know, like we we've seen hundreds of at the end of the Gaul campaign when when the traveler awakens and explodes with light to to break the cage. Um, that expands out into the universe, engulfing the reef, engulfing the moon, engulfing Mars, and these are all places that we get we visit, um, and then eventually reaching clear out way past our the heliopause, um, and then 
washes over a set of pyramid ships that then turn and start heading our direction, um, which assumedly it laid dormant because the traveler was dormant. Like that's all these things are are assumptions and and we're inferring stuff and we're implying stuff and we're we're the pieces are there, but we have not had a definitive. The darkness is the pyramid ships. Well, I I think it's inaccurate to say the darkness is the pyramid ships. I think it's more ah. accurate to say that the darkness uses the pyramid ships. Okay. Um, the way the way that's, that I view that's it, that's the that okay. That's a better. I like the, that. The way that that I have chosen to view it, um, based on the lore that's available to us and our own theories, is that the darkness, the entity, is a sentience that has complete control over darkness the force yes and i view the pyramid ships purely as weapons of the darkness the entity i think it i don't think the pyramid ships are manned i think it literally controls them they are they the pyramids are just tools darkness the entity controls them and and is a uses them as a conduit to speak to other things near them, but they themselves yeah. are not sentient things. Okay, that makes so that that makes a lot more sense too. And and so I'm going to loop this kind of back to Eris as well. Mm-hmm. The entire season of arrivals, because as far as Shadowkeep is concerned, we don't see anything come of that with Eris. Like obviously, we go through and we find all of her um, her tri- not tributes, but like. Um, uh, artifacts from her fire team, right? Like we go find Waning's shield cloth or whatever, and and I want to say we find Tolan's journal. I think that's one of the things we go find. Uh, uh I don't think that's a an artifact that we find. It's we, not. Okay. We receive it. We absolutely do yeah. get Tolan's journal, but I think we receive it from Eris. Okay. Who had been holding because it's it's it. on the table, like like uh. There was there were weekly missions, and I don't think they're weekly anymore. Um, that went through and unlocked all this stuff. Um, yeah. uh, uh, so, so, so before we get too deep into the weeds there, because I do want to talk about those artifacts at least a little bit. Um, less okay. so, us so we'll talk about those and, and then remind me accomplish. Okay, so so we'll talk about those, and then once we get through those, remind me that we need to loop back to season of the arrival because yeah, that's. So I, I have that's, that's where I'm going to connect this darkness thing with pyramids and Eris. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of breeze over Shadowkeep and Broad Strokes um, in the interest of time, as well as uh, just because not all of it was directly related to her. Uh, right. So yeah, Eris finds this pyramid. Um, we know now that Savathun orchestrated the construction of the Scarlet Keep and the ability to summon and... Uh, Maybe not someone, but at least control the nightmares that the pyramid's power produces. Um, our guardian is dispatched to the moon to investigate. Uh, we discover the pyramid and encounter phantoms of our previous foes. Eris teleports us out with hive magic. Uh, Eris explains what the, the phantoms are. They're nightmares created from the energies of the pyramid and being controlled by the Hive through rituals, which we see in-game as the Altar of Sorrow. Uh, Eris believes that the way to put an end to the Hive uh, ability to control these um, and discover more about the darkness is to enter the pyramid itself. 
Uh, she theorizes clearly if the hive are controlling these nightmares, they have a way to insulate themselves from the dark, you know, the, the, the dark energies that are emanating uh, in order to control them and that yep. we need to investigate these rituals and find out how they're doing it so we can kind of reverse engineer that. Uh, in that investigation, we come across Hash Ladoon, who we then track down to the, the top of the Scarlet Keep and kill her. Uh, in the process of that strike, uh, and, and the story mission that goes along with it, Eris learns that the method that the Hive were using to be immune to the pyramid energies is powered by something called a Hive cryptoglyph. Uh, we, the Guardian, are then tasked with finding and stealing that cryptoglyph from the moon catacombs. Uh, and tactically doing so, acquiring. Yeah, tactically acquiring. Uh, <laughs> and in doing so, we slay Bezareth, who is the last remaining, uh, excuse me, Desereth, who is the last remaining daughter of Crota. Uh, so we, we have, at this point, completely eliminated the hive um, kind of leadership on the moon and acquired the cryptoglyph, uh, which Eris then is able to use to craft weapons and armor for us that are resistant to the pyramid energy once we have a full Which set actually, of they actually react yeah. in game like if you have one of the uh the uh, not not the dreambane armor i don't think but the the weapons themselves the moon weapons that you get from the cryptoglyph uh they have little uh like i, I call them air symbols like little airs charms they're they're little yeah. squares yep, with the little, little charms little on x them. yep uh those will actually start glowing in game mm -hmm. if you get near a nightmare yeah, which is really cool. I haven't paid attention if they glow when you get close to the pyramid. That would be cool. I I think Ooh. that would make sense. We may um, have some testing to do this week. May, may have to try that out. But uh, so we have now. We're armed with this. I may, this may not have to go that, craft one of those weapons. That first, makes us <laughs> actually just all of that. Well, they're not all sunset anymore, so at least you'll get something. This is true. <laughs> uh, but now that we have this this immunity armor with us um we go forth and enter the pyramid um thinking ourselves immune but surprise surprise uh, our ghost is not wearing any of this armor and <laughs> so our ghost gets taken over and uh is... i never even thought of that until literally this moment of you mentioning <laughs> it i always try to figure out why is our ghost being invaded he is the only thing not wearing something protective He's there the is no link. dream bane ghost shell oh my god <laughs> i would love to see them put the dream bane ghost shell in game and then have us like redo that mission and get different results that would be cool oh uh, it's not gonna happen but it'd be cool bold bold thinking cotton <laughs> but so we enter the pyramid the darkness talks to us the the entity the winnower talks to us through our ghost as as the conduit um we get the cutscene of you know we we are your salvation and uh we were specifically an in artifact. the garden yeah in the garden uh the black garden we we get a vision of us standing there with our doppelganger who is the winnower uh and they they tell us that they're they're coming to get us essentially and that they're they're only trying to save us I was um, going to say, not not coming to get us. They, the the darkness is very much 
I, I, I never look at the darkness as like this big bad coming to get us, right? Like it. I guess that's true. It, yeah. Even in that scene, it's it's very much like a. They they say you know we're not your friend, we're not your enemy, we are your salvation. Like it's, but, I mean, it. It's interesting to think of that logic in itself and think, well, their version of salvation for us is ending our connection with the light, which would essentially kill us. Yes. They, they, I mean, we've, we've talked about it before. We, um, and, and actually Fickrel, uh, who is, you know, has a connection to the darkness as a scorn says, says it as well. Like we, we are a dead thing. You like are we, a dead thing. We are something that should not be continuing to exist because we already didn't prove our right to exist. Yep. And so that's, that's an interesting thought too, that like, Depending on what point of view you're looking at it from, it, it, it is not a win. The, the darkness isn't winning, or you know we're not losing. It's the the, the whole idea of it's a salvation. We're being released from this this prison, yeah. you know. So that's I that's man. These writers are something else, man. They're good. They they they're good at this kind of like nuanced, um, you know. And we they they've said it in the Vidoc now, uh, and they've said it in in the lore and very much it's like this is not a light is good dark is bad story yeah this is, there's a lot more nuance here and i love that they're really starting to explore that um and eris eris very much i mm-hmm. mean through through throughout all of everything has very much stated as such oh yeah that darkness yeah, yeah. isn't necessarily bad and and even through like season of the lost, we get little interactions when you're doing the the um uh I can't think of the the activity now um astral alignment astral alignment where yeah. where yep where Ikora is talking to the queen and she's like seems like Eris is the only one that's on board with this idea that darkness isn't so bad like maybe mm-hmm. maybe she's right type thing like it's I I love that so let's say we we enter the pyramid. We discover an artifact there that is broadcasting a signal of some kind, um, which we bring back to Eris to study, and she notes that this artifact whispers. Uh, shortly after we acquire this artifact, the Vex begin to flood the moon from a portal that leads to the Black Garden. Uh, we, as the Guardian, investigate. We kill the Vex mines responsible for this invasion that are within the Garden. Uh, and in doing so, we discover a similar artifact to the one from the pyramid. This is the, the Garden of Salvation raid, by the way. Yep. Uh, and at the end of the raid, you go to the final chest, and it is in front of a darkness statue. Um, and the statue is holding, I believe, an artifact that is exactly the same as the one that we found in the pyramid. Uh, and us uh, touching the artifact in the Garden of Salvation activates the one that Eris is studying and it starts to emit a message of some sort, um, which Eris mostly says we should just ignore. Like, the, these are just, you know, <laughs> trickeries of the dark. It's not, not something we should... By, by giving it our attention, we are, uh, all, we are playing into their hands, so it's best to just ignore it hey this thing we just found started talking to us oh yeah fuck that thing <laughs> what 
so despite uh Eris's warnings to us, she continues to transcribe she continues to take messages from it. Um and try what and understand hell? what this what the signal is. Oh fuck that. What's that thing you're talking to? Oh nothing. No, it's just giving me stuff and junk. Here, let me we, write um yeah, and she's like I, I can imagine her like like you're trying to talk to her and she's like got her finger up to you like one second. Hang on. Uh okay, this says <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Oh no no wait, 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 wait. It's talking again, it's talking again. Oh, but don't listen to it. No, fuck that thing. No, it's it's not important. It's not important. Why are you writing messages about it? I don't know. You just fucking just hold on a sec. Just hold yeah. Kill all uh, the guardians. Okay, gotcha. Boop. Can can see this one of two ways. Um or at least from from my perspective, we can see this as one of two ways. This is Eris trying to protect us and and Oh, her, sure, char- sure. her character uh, and her personality, I think, is very much one of self-sacrifice. And let I could me, see let her... me have the burden so the guardian exactly. can, can live on and continue on. Yeah, I like that exactly. idea. Exactly. A, a like you, I'm going to tell you not to worry about it. I'm going to keep you at arm's length from it because I'm going to be the one to take this on, and and then I don't have to worry about something happening to you like what happened to my fire team um i like i like that theory and that's kind of what i choose to to su- subscribe to as well uh, i mean it beats hey what is that thing no fuck that thing yeah yeah um so eris is is studying this though and gets more and more and more um kind of enthralled with the whispers that she's hearing from this artifact uh and she wants to know more and she's trying to figure out like more information she needs she needs more information to to connect this all back to the the winnower and and figure out what it's trying to tell us so that we can be forewarned and what she does is um if you the player go through and collect all of the mementos from her old fire team uh in in the series of weekly missions that we talked about before um she uh, that that helps rid her of the phantoms, the the nightmares that are kind of haunting her. And once she You're has all of the, mo- <laughs> yeah, once she has all of the mementos, I did not realize this, and I need to go back and look at the cutscene to see if if it's visible. But supposedly, Ooh, from what I could find, I know exactly what you're talking about. She wears those mementos as her own Dreambane armor to enter she the sure pyramid herself. She and, sure as fuck does. Okay. Okay. So I remember it. She she's in the pyramid herself. She's going she's doing what we did, essentially. Goes into yep. the pyramid. She touches artifact the altar. Hand. Artifact in hand. She touches the altar at the center of the pyramid. And for a brief moment, I we we see a little bit of a a little bit of a, a I don't want to say spark, but I think this is her unlocking the ability to use stasis. Is what we're seeing? Absolutely, one hundred percent. I one hundred percent see that. As in retrospect, I see that now. Like at the time, I was like, "What the fuck is this? Like, what is right, happening? Yeah. Is she giving into the darkness? Like, what is going on?" And because she has that little like smile, that little like that little like half smile out of the corner of her mouth when she turns around at the end of that scene. But that is a hundred percent her finding a way to use powers again, to have some sort of powers to combat the great storm that is coming. 
And that yeah. is that right there was the beginning of stasis. So we had stasis previewed to us before stasis was previewed to us. In a way, it was it was a very brief like little blue glow. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I and I think I think you're right. I think that's her realizing that like she doesn't have to be on the sidelines anymore necessarily. That um, she doesn't have to be but, on the sidelines, and that light or dark doesn't matter. There's there's worse things out there mm-hmm. that that actually have a definitive like everything needs to die mentality. So here's here's a fun little question though. So she learns about presumably she learns about stasis and goes to find it via communications from this artifact. So the question becomes was Who's that leading art- who? Well, a, a little bit. And was that artifact <laughs> meant for her to discover and decrypt Ooh. and find stasis? Or was that artifact meant for us and, our, and the darkness wanted our guardian to have stasis well before we actually got it? Okay, so you know where that leads me to, right? Where? That leads me to Season of the Arrivals. And the darkness right. trying to talk to us again, and Savathun going, no, don't talk to the darkness. I'm going to interfere. And the interference yep. missions. Yep. Um, darkness bad, stasis bad, you bad. Because I think Savathun knows that once we start getting access to darkness abilities, there will be nothing that can stop us. If we can successfully wield the light and the dark without succumbing to either one, we are gods. And I, I, it's interesting. So there, there, there's a couple things that I wonder about. Um, the first being, was she interfering with our communications with the darkness purely out of fear? And if so. If that was her main motivation, was to keep us from becoming more powerful, why does she not seem all that concerned after we've gained stasis? Ooh. Like, may- maybe, maybe that's a play. What, what I'm wondering is if or she's Or maybe stasis running... is how she's able to corrupt us. Well, I don't, I don't know that stasis is how she's able to corrupt us, but I'm, I'm thinking that she... Okay. So... Do we there's, need to get our big boy tinfoil hats on? There's a lot of there's a lot of theory here. Uh, I'm gonna dance on the edge of some spoilers if I am allowed. I hate uh, you. I hate you. I will mute you. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> so okay, I, I'll 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 be as obtuse as possible in regards to that. Okay, a lot of this is stuff we already know. So now I just very... have a vision of you sitting reclined in a chair, being an obtuse angle. Right with your arms straight up and your legs straight out and the bend happening at your waist, but it's not a it's not a full bend. And then like a few seconds later, you're like, now I'm being acute, and you're trying to like touch your toes, where it's this, like a. This is not angle. an episode of Family Guy. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or am I being obtuse now? Nope. Now you're being acute. <laughs> so 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 Savathun is interrupting these messages. Presume at the time we assumed because she didn't want us to be talking to the darkness or, or didn't want us to be able to receive the dark, what the darkness was trying to tell us. Sure. 
However, let's let's apply some very basic psychology here. If, All right. If you have a kid or a younger sibling, in my case, oh, oh, shit. The, very, the very first thing that they do when you tell them, hey, don't touch that. Don't do that. Is they go, go touch, touch it. it. That's so fucked I do up wonder, shit. <laughs> I do and that wonder. would be her thing. That would be Samathun's thing. Right. Like, that would be the hive god of trickery saying, hey, don't, don't fuck with this stuff. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. What are you doing? Quit touching it. All right. I told you not to touch it. And now you're touching it. What the hell? Yeah, the stove's hot. I'm telling you, it's hot. Don't don't. Oh look, you burned yourself. Yep, you burned yourself. <laughs> Sucks to suck, doesn't it? What did I tell you? The stove was hot. So I would. Oh not man, be that's it. That's a her oh, trying to man, interfere. I love, that. I love that. Was just really her reverse psychologying us, us to get us to to invest more in it. Um, I mean, what does she do the entire work. season? Lost. She just eggs us on the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the other big thing about arrivals, uh, outside of Savathun's interference or, or attempted interference, um, is that uh, we, have, we discover on Io, or Eris discovers, and, and we come to her aid, a tree of silver wings, which has sprouted. Um, and... Interestingly, in the very first mission where we discover this tree of silver wings and we come to Eris's aid, uh, er, there, there's a seed at the base of the tree of silver wings, and Eris can't touch it, which I find very interesting. I she physically say that's kind can't of a... touch it. I didn't, um, I didn't realize that. She she tries she tries to take it and she says to our guardian that it has rejected her and that our guardian will need to to pick it up. Uh, Interesting. And the seed is also the vessel by which she receives messages from the darkness after we deal with Savathun every week to get rid of her interference. Um. And. I wonder so if... So is this, is this seed from darkness, or is this seed from Savathun? Well, I, I don't think the seed's from Savathun. Um, I think this, the Tree of Silver Wings, uh, if, if I recall correctly, the only other reference to a Tree of Silver Wings is in the Garden. And I don't mean the Black Garden, I mean... The Garden of the Flower Game, uh, pre the start of the universe. Yeah. I, uh, if that's the case, perhaps then it's got to be from the. It's got to be directly from the darkness or from the light. Well, perhaps it's both, because the tree Ooh. sprouted on Io, which was the last, the last place, place I... the light oh. touched, and specifically, it sprouts in the cradle. In which the cradle of it is where the the like remnants of the light of the traveler are most concentrated. Oh man! And so what I'm wondering is if if both if both light and dark are required to make a tree of silver wings sprout from a from its seed, and if so, 
like the meeting, the pyramid on IO and the the remnant light are what caused it to to uh I think germinate is the correct term from from the seed that had been planted there by presumably Osiris, which I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole right now. Um I think it was. And what what that also might mean is that Eris can't touch it because Eris isn't doesn't have both anymore. She only has dark at this point. She only Dude, this has is, stasis. This is, a, this is a theory, and I I think it has legs. Whereas we, the Guardian, even if we're not wielding stasis at that point, we have the capacity for both. Oh my and god! So Dude, that we can can touch it. Oh man, that's a theory that has legs. I like that theory. I I think that's exactly what's happening there during the season of Rivals. So there's there's a couple of different messages that we get from the darkness via Eris transcribing them. Um and I think that there's a couple or there's there's one in particular that in relation there's there's a bunch of good info in that, but in relation to Eris specifically, I think there's one in particular that really stands out to me. Um, and that is called The Singular Exegate, uh, is the book, and the entry is called Eggshell. And it reads as such. Report by Van Net Encrypted Router. The bird cannot fly until it leaves the eggshell. The enemy continues to suggest that we must abandon the traveler. This is a good sign. It would not need to entice us if it could destroy us without effort. Personal notes scored in hive leather with a knife. There is danger in this traffic with the pyramid. Kuangzhong's logs make that plain, but I must continue. I must continue. What worth have I ever been except that I know the enemy? More worth. Mara would would remind me, I am more than my uses. So, what bird would we become if we left the traveler behind? There are obvious examples. We might survive as raiders on the edge. We might abandon our humanity for machines. We might raise up. We might rise up in war and build an empire. Yet none of these can be the answer. Fallen. Vex, Cabal, and Hive all covet the Traveler. They have not left it behind. If all things beyond the Traveler's protection fall under the sovereignty of darkness, not because they serve it, but because they are obedient to its law, then to leave the Traveler would be to join the enemy. There would be no other way. Even so, I am proof otherwise. I move between. There is not only gray between black and white. All the colors are there. Am I not necessary? I would be lost without those who led me back to the light. But if I had not been there to guide them down into the dark, they would all be dead. Who would we become if we were all? Like Eris Morn. And that's the end of that. 
dude. So there's a a lot to unpack there. Holy fucking shit, dude. Like, that's... Dude, there's sword logic in there. There's... There's... Oh, my God, dude. So I I like a couple of, of implications here. So, um, this, this, this is, this is fucking my mind up right now. Like this, I may need to go back and read some of these things. I, I, yes, I think the arrivals has a lot of lore that, um, we, people were very interested in when it came out. Absolutely. But we have so much more context now that I think a lot of it's going to read very differently going back to it now. Um, absolutely. But so the the message from the darkness in this particular entry for the this week, uh, uh, eggshell is that the bird cannot fly until it leaves the eggshell. Uh, Eris seems to be taking that as kind of a literal metaphor. I guess yep. that's not that's kind of an oxymoron, as a a very <laughs> on the nose metaphor of yep. Yep. the eggshell is the traveler, the bird is us. We cannot fly and be free so long as we are you know subservient to the traveler shackled to the traveler's light right right yeah uh it it is a good point though she says if it's trying to get us to stop if it's trying to entice us away from the traveler then that means that that there's a reason why it's trying to entice us away like if if it if it could just get rid of us and not care then it would but it would. It would just it, come after us and kill us. Right. But the fact that it's trying to draw us away means that there's an inherent danger in staying with the traveler, or, or inherent danger to the darkness with us staying with the traveler. Um, Which has like there's there's a lot of implications there, right? Like like the thought of a, a binary fight, right? If I'm not if I'm not mm-hmm. part of the enemy, I'm or if I'm not part of the ally, I'm instantly part of the enemy. Like that's and that's a very binary thinking, but that's that's sword logic, you know. Like, whatever I defeat, I I defeat it because I I am stronger than it. And if something else defeats me, that thing is stronger, and I do not deserve to exist anymore because of that thing. Right. Like, whereas the light is very much this pervert, this this harmony amongst all things, like this perversion of 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 the sword logic and and. And it's a non-binary thinking, right? Like it's it's the opposite. It's it's what if infinite thinking, right? Like what if? Oh man! So holy shit, man! There's there's a few other pieces of this that I think are worth pointing out. So she makes an interesting correlation here. Um, we see a little bit of Eris Eris's personality shine through with the you know what worth have I ever been except that I know the enemy. Yeah. Um, so she, she really she much sees much... herself even as as the the only reason why I'm useful is because I know so much about the hive. Yeah, and and she vests her self-worth in how useful she yeah. is. Yeah. Um it, even That's though janky to do, she but... says, you know, Mara would remind me I'm more than just my uses. So again, yep. there's there's a very, you know, close friendship or or association there between those two. Uh, and then she kind of ruminates on like what, what would leaving the traveler behind actually mean? Uh, and she says, you know, there's obvious examples. You know, survive as raiders, as the fallen, or abandon our humanity 
and become machines as the Vex or rise up and build a, a empire of war like the Cabal. Uh, and then she clarifies, but none of these can be the answer because the Fallen and the Vex and the Cabal and the Hive all covet the Traveler in some way. Yeah. The, they're all still chasing down the damn Traveler. They're Gaul all tried to still... do such as, as encasing it and stealing the light. The Fallen have been chasing it since, it since their collapse happened. The Vex are chasing it because they don't understand it. Like, and the Hive are chasing it because it's the enemy. It's so the in, enemy. It's the sword way, logic there. In a way, they're, they're still all shackled to the existence of the Traveler. Um, even even Holy the Hive. Shit, because man. it's like the ultimate <laughs> enemy. Uh, and then she, she makes the, the uh, statement that if you were to leave the Traveler's protection entirely, if you were to, to say, I'm not going to attack the Traveler and I'm not going to defend the Traveler, I'm going to leave the light completely uh, and just go off and do whatever it is I want to do, by the very nature of continuing to exist without the light, you are obeying the laws of the dark. Which oh even if you're God. not becoming you know if you're not following or directly interacting with you're still not part of the light and therefore you are part of the dark you're still proving its point by oh my god to exist in the universe without the light uh dude this is deep but but then we have this last two lines which she says even so i am proof of otherwise I move between. Yeah. There is not only gray between black and white, but all the colors are there. Am I not necessary? I would be lost without those that led me back to the light, but I would had but if I had not been there to guide them into the dark, they would all be dead. So she's she's saying that is as even though light and dark seem to see things or at least the darkness because we we've never heard directly from the light yeah but as much as the darkness at least seems to see things in absolutes and you are either this or you are this uh eris is saying that her very existence is proof that they're the absolutes are not the end all be all yeah um that she is is walking a path that is neither one nor the other. And I, I love, I really like the line that there's not only gray between black and white, but all the colors are there implying yes. that like she, she is walking a path that is neither light or dark, but there are other paths that are also neither light nor dark. Uh, and honestly, I, I, I think I, our guardian is probably follow is, is one of those other paths. I think so too. I, I I also like thinking of that as is in both a in, in a, a literal sense as well. Like uh, if if you the the two the two types of references that we have um, as humans to to color and light and dark are um, the artistic uh, with with a color palette, right? Like starting at starting with the color wheel and going starting at red and going around all the different colors and going back to circling back around to red, but you know going from red to all the way to purple. Um, mm-hmm. And then the the white being the absence of all color, and the black being um, all the colors combined. 
then there's the uh, electromagnetic um, spectrum uh, theory, or, or, or not theory, the, the electromagnetic spectrum uh, model. Model. That's a that's a better. Yep. And that's kind of what we equate the the when we talk about the darkness and the light. That's what we equate them to is being of zero hertz or infinite hertz, right? Like that's the that's the thing. Well, the light spectrum is also in there, and and in the light spectrum, the absence it's the opposite, right? It's the absence of light is darkness, and white light is all the colors. So it's it's I I like the I like drawing that literal um, interpretation of that into the you know there's not just light or dark there is everything in between, um, mm-hmm. because again depending on who you talk to if you talk to an artist they're like oh well you know white is this and black is that and the colors are this and then if you talk to an EM you know or, or an electronics major or a laser major or something like that they're like oh well you know that's opposite you know this is this that is that and this is the absence of that so it's I like that I like that thought of like there are many paths between light and dark or white and black that can be walked and that there is no true correct answer and the uh the very last line who would we become if we were all like eris morn uh that to me essentially if i were what that makes me think of is all of the different guardians in the in-game universe that now are using stasis and the light uh and have not been corrupted and like slowly we are all becoming like eris morn and and finding a path between that's that's dude this shit is deep uh wow uh well i'm looking at time uh, do we want to call it here for this portion? Well, um, I say that's kind of where Eris's story ends. To be honest, we do I... we do have just a little bit uh, extra um, for her. Uh, she does go to Europa um, and helps out the Drifter and the EXO, um, but does almost nothing of consequence. Uh... Right, like she's not she's not actively involved there. And then I'm thinking through the I'm thinking through the the series of events that happened between. Uh, beyond light and now and the only like she has a few interactions here or there but not nothing major no, so yeah so that's, we... that is that pretty much is that pretty much is the the story of Eris, um yeah. from birth to now yeah because we we had season of the undying which although hive related she did not participate in at all um that's true or, or if if she did it was like a dialogue here or there that was mostly crow not and even. osiris it was... Osusrus. Um, Osusrus, yes. Uh, season of the Chosen, which was all Cabal. She did have a. She did have the cutscene at the beginning of of Season of the Chosen, I believe it was, uh, where she's uh, she she shows the Savathun sign. Yeah, she uh, warns that Savathun is is coming. Yep. Yeah, she warns Zavala where where we're in the we're in the office with Zavala, um, and then we go deal with Keitel. Uh so yeah, that's yeah. She she doesn't really have a whole lot of yeah. No, or no. Maybe no. that was Splicer. Maybe that was the beginning of Splicer. Yes, that was the beginning of Splicer because it was dark. The 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 sky was blocked out. That's right. Yep. Yep. 
You're, and that right. was the whole thing with Splicer. So she's so there's a little bit there in the background that's happening, but nothing directly with Ar- Eris is like, just let me go. Let me let me go investigate this stuff on my own and, and be my own person. Yeah. So really not nothing groundbreaking coming from her specifically. Um, like you said, yep. she's she's definitely doing stuff in the background for some of uh, those. I think especially Splicer. Um, yeah. Because it's but, so directly related with Quoria and Sabathun. But even then, I don't even remember her coming up as a prominent figure in any of the lore of those seasons, like in the lore books or anything. No. Um, no. So I, I think Witch Queen will you know, presumably be the next major story beat that we, we see Eris take a, a major role in. Excitement! <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm all for it. Okay, well, uh, well then, um, we're gonna do a quick uh, Valentine's Day shout out to our long lost uh, uh, Valentine's Day event, uh, Crimson Days. Uh, this this is our hashtag special, hashtag Crimson Day special, or hash, hashtag Valentine's Day Crimson Day special. Uh, you wouldn't happen to have the lore card of the vow pulled up, would you? I can momentarily. Alrighty then. So uh, while while I'm doing that, I'm gonna pose you a question. Uh, okay. Which which I was was posed to me by my significant other. Uh, if if you could give a Valentine to anybody in the Destiny universe, who would it be and why? Oh man. Okay. All right. So let me think through this logically. All right. So. Everyone's first choice is like Mara, right? Like, oh, Mara is queen and she's the most beautiful. And oh, yeah, no. Um, let's see. Would it, it? Okay, let's let's go through and let's let's reverse engineer this and do an elimination. Um, Zavala, maybe. Uh, Shax, no. Lord Saladin, no. Um, Banshee, maybe. Um, Exo, definitely. Um, Ikora maybe. Um, Ada maybe. Uh, Drifter maybe. Uh, Hawthorne no. Uh, Rahul no, because he's a dick. He's canonically a dick. Like I, no way. That guy is not getting shit from me. Um, Osiris, if we ever find him again, maybe. Um. Amanda Holiday, definitely. Uh, Savathun, maybe. Um, Quoria, no, that's not happening. Uh, does it have to be an entity I, that I have to? I think the the intention of the question was somebody that we can interact with. Let let's say in the tower. It's, it's, I was going to say, are we playing bank kill Mary? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't mean, think that I'm was the. In my head. I don't think that was the nature of the question. Uh, I'll I mean, that's definitely where I took like. it. Um, I I took it as a or, or you know I I chose to take it as a like okay, if if I'm not saying like who in the destiny universe would i want a romantic relationship with but just a who do i feel needs a valentine who do i feel platonically would benefit the most from it uh that i would want to to kind of make their day better um 
I I landed on either Crow or Saint because they've both been through some shit as of late. I I uh, would I would probably lean towards Saint. Like Saint's been through some shit. Like being lost in time and literally becoming a time paradox like his shotgun exists because he gave it to us but it only, he, it only exists because he gave it to us because we gave him the parts to it earlier and yeah so like being lost in time oh you know what i'd i'd give it to praetis it can't get much more lost in time than that i'd give it to praetis because he is he still trapped in time uh, I think, well, because we, we find his remains, um, do we in, in the D1 mission? Was that D1 or was that D2? That might've just been really far back D2. We find, uh, we find the remains of Saint. No, yes, we find the remains of Saint. No, we find the remains of Praetith. I am, I think it might've been Destiny 1. Let me, let me. Okay. See, this is why I have Myth. He's just my Google machine. That's right. Let me just type it in to let me Google that for you and send you the link. Uh, Yep. Uh, (laughs) If if you're curious of who does all the research, it's Myth. Full stop. (laughs) Maybe maybe Uh, Predator or Saint. I don't know. Like, my my problem with Valentine's is like I I don't have a real connection with 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 any type of holiday just in general just me as a person. Um, my lovely wife is slowly getting me to open up more about like having a birthday and Christmas and stuff like that. Um, so I I, I don't like in my head I always think of Valentine's Day as like the you know bang kill Mary. Uh, holiday, which I know it's not. It's like I know canonically, like not even canonically, like in real in reality, it's not that that level of of deep thinking. Um, but no, I, I Valentine's may may just be like a who do you think needs a? I, I like your take on it. Like who canonically in the game needs just a little bit of love, just a little bit of hey, I'm thinking about you. You're you're important to the team, and I and I appreciate you. Um, I I I I might still go with Amanda. I I I think Amanda Holiday. Yeah. No, I say she. E- either she's Amanda, definitely... either Amanda Saint or Crow. I think would be the the three main ones. Maybe 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 Mithrax. No, he he doesn't feel like he's unwanted. Like no, I think I, he's, I might find. He's I might find like a random Elixney. The upswing of things. Although, yeah, yeah sure he's definitely on. He, that are that could use one. Oh, you know what? The the dude from the story. That's who I want to give it to. There's one Elixney in one of the lore books that gets kicked and and shit on and all this other stuff. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. That's who. That's who. It, if that's who I'm giving it to. No, that that's a good one. Um. Say, I can't remember his name. Is he the weaponsmith that they talk about? Or he wants to be a scribe or something like that? I think he is. Or he wants a... to be a weaver. Uh, no, nah, I think the weaver's a different lore book. I would have to go is back that and, a different and one? reread some of that. Um, well, that guy. That yeah. Fallen. That's who I that... want to give a Valentine's to. 
Yeah. Uh, the one that, um, that, uh, my, my SO, uh, picked out was, and I, I thought this was kind of, was kind of funny. Uh, the postmaster, because apparently they're going around picking up all the shit that we just leave on the ground and then keeping it for us. (laughs) And and only keeping some of it, like only keeping a certain amount of it until we just come up to him and go, nah, just throw that away. And he's just like. Are you fucking serious? I walked all the way to the fucking vault of glass for you to pick this shit up to make sure that you got it, and you're just like dismantle it and throw it away. You yep. fucking asshole! Like, okay, all right, so, all right. I I like that pick too. So yeah, um, but I have the vow here. I uh, not at all relevant to what we were talking about earlier in the episode this is purely just a little flavor text uh because today at the time of recording is valentine's day yeah um so the vow is a legendary bow that you get from lord shacks during the crimson days event which sadly is uh gone at the time be for the time being uh and its lore reads as follows in the courtyard of the tower Lord Shax stares out at the last city. He puts his foot up on the railing and sighs. Our site 9940 knows Shax's moods because they are his own moods. He sidles up to Shax and follows his gaze to the horizon. What's on your mind, boss? He asks with the friendly rhythm of a local bartender. Shax is quiet for a long time but our sight is indifferent to the passage of time. When Shax speaks, it is with a deep, sobering gravity. Today, he says, I will marry them all. Hours later, after our sight has finished tying off the bouquets and gathering the doves from the mountains beyond the city, Shax addresses the courtyard. Guardians, he booms. These crimson days are a time to renew our bonds to one another. We gather together. We remember what we owe each other. We declare our love. He holds up a bow for the crowds to see. Bring your fiery passion to the crucible. Prove your devotion to your bond. He pauses. To those of you who win this bow, I offer my hand in marriage. Take it or leave it. Arsite releases the doves. Somebody screams. Doves have not been seen in the last city for a long time. And that I is fuck, the vow. It's, it's so dumb, but I love it. I I had read that I've I've read the vow many times. The vow is actually one of my favorite bows uh, in game because it was a solar lightweight uh, that had a had a static roll of I want to say uh, Archer's Tempo Rampage, um, or maybe like it was that. Archer's Tempo Explosive Head or something. I don't remember. Um, you can still go get it. It's it's sunset technically, so it maxes out at whatever the current power cap is or the current power cap for sunset weapons, which is eleven hundred right now, um, presumably forever, but. When you mouse over them, they say power cap 1060, current power level 7, 1100. So, you know, maybe they'll fix that. 
but no, I I absolutely love this bow, and I I love the I love the 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 lore on it, especially the like the doves are released and someone screams because they've never seen a dove before. They're like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> uh, I love that visual. I I do love that Shaq's idea of somebody just grand proclamation and then these <laughs> these birds being released behind him and people just going oh my god <laughs> what the fuck is happening the apocalypse is die yeah no absolutely that's what i imagined in my head happening uh and and so crimson's days was was 2v2 pvp uh and it had two buffs or it had a buff and a debuff uh the buff was the i can't remember the name of the actual buff um but essentially you wanted to stay next to your partner because yeah. uh, you would get increased uh, health regen and all this other stuff. Um, and the debuff was growing apart. <laughs> so it's very much plays on the Valentine's Day thing. Uh, and there was emotes and, and sparrows and stuff you could get in games. Oh, so yeah. I'm a little bummed a that, that it is not around anymore. Um, sorry, what, what was the... No, I say there's there was there was a lot of cool stuff. They had the like the two sparrows that were each half of a heart that had a yep. a visual effect when you rode them next to each other, which was very difficult to do out in the wild. Insanely the difficult uh, to do in the wild. They should have yeah. just made a two person mount that like if you both right, had that it, you made just mount up on either side of it. Like yeah. But so but yeah, but so Rip think... Crimson Days, um or one out for you. Yeah. And I think that's that's where we end it for the night. This is a particularly long episode, but we really wanted to finish uh, Eris Morn's story because we're intending to uh, hopefully talk about the lore so. of the Witch Queen Collector's I Edition. I really, 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 really uh, hope so. On the, the Monday before uh, Witch Queen releases, so... Since all the um, servers are going to be shut down at seven o'clock in the afternoon, like right. So you know, we might as well give you something to listen to while you're sitting in that long, long queue. Uh, oh, we we may we may try to get uh, uh, the rest of the clan in here, and we'll get some uh, we'll get some new voices for you to listen to. But so all that being said, uh, I think I think we're we're all good for tonight. We want to uh, to do our outro, Zor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so thank you. So let's see here. Uh, obviously, thank you to Eris Morn's voice actor because, and I, I butcher her name every time I say it, so I'm not even going to try it here. Um, Myth, if you want to give it a shot, go for it. Um, Morla Gorondona. And we are so sorry if we have butchered your name. <laughs> But we absolutely love you. We know that, like, I've I've watched some of the the motion capture that they do uh, for her, um, uh, and it's it's all it, she is very much into this character, and she loves being able to play every everything that I've seen about her at all the at all the com the the any type of like Comic Con type event that she's gone to with with this. Um, she she does seem to absolutely love this character, um, and so I absolutely thank you. Um, Thank you for bringing this character to life and and giving us something to to talk about. Uh, I, I um I don't know who who I want to give this next one to. Uh, I'm I'm kind of torn between Sabbath Noon and the Darkness. Um, so we're just gonna thank you both in the same. because uh, you're both nuts. Uh, I feel oh, like we're gonna uh, go back. 
at least Savathun, maybe both of them, have gotten more thank yous at the end of our episodes than probably any other You're damn right. character. Dude, without them, Destiny wouldn't have an antagonist to chase down. Uh, thank you to our 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 guest host tonight. Uh, Myth's significant other. I I I hesitate to use names in here because some people don't like that. So yeah, I, I does, does she have any from... type of screen name she likes? Uh, no, unfortunately, which is is what makes it difficult because I don't have a, oh. a you know. She doesn't that, have a pseudonym? Mythborn or Zorialis uh, to, type to refer, moniker. To refer to her as. Um, but yeah, she was our, our introducer for, for tonight. So, Yay! Uh, of course, thank you to um, uh, Alpha and Eclipse for joining us uh, tonight. Like We love having you guys in here. Um, and of course, last but not least, my favorite thank you of every night. Thank you, Myth. Uh, for being here and being the researcher, uh, being my secret Valentines, and um, yeah, couldn't do this without you. Well, thank you for being my sounding board to bounce stuff off of, <laughs> and and to tell Yay. me when I'm I'm being crazy with my theories. Uh, Your theories make so much more damn sense than mine, though. So. Well, they they only get there after hearing yours and going, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Hold the hell on here. That's that's crazy and nuts. Here's what really happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So next week, uh, Witch Queen previews and craziness. Um, mm -hmm. I'm excited. Hopefully I get my collector's edition this week. Fingers crossed. Uh, so from all of us Guardian, all of us lore nerds to all of you, guard, all of us Guardian lore nerds, we could even say that. Uh, from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next week. <laughs>